0: Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, that was a lot of winning. All right. The Jazz lost Saturday when Mike Conley didn't play in Chicago. But they bounced back. He played Sunday, the one in Milwaukee. Okay, Milwaukee is missing three guys who are really important. But... It doesn't matter. The Jazz got the win. And the Utes scored 44 points in one, and the Aggies scored 51 points in one, and the Cougars scored 66 points in one. They got 171 points for those three teams. That's, that's incredible. Tremendous offensive output. All right, we're going to start with the Utes. Washington State beat ASU. That was a big old favor for the Utes right there. They lead the Devils by a game. They lead USC and UCLA by a game and a half. They got the tiebreaker on all three schools because they already beaten them. They've still got games left with the bottom feeders, Arizona and Colorado. This is the Utes division to lose. I mean, it's not over, but it's over. If they don't win it, something horrible is going to happen in November. It'll be the worst November collapse ever. The Utes are Firmly in the driver's seat. Kyle Winningham talks a little bit about that. Here are his post game thoughts.
1: Yeah, uh, key to the game is our ability to run the football. That was pretty cut and dried to me. Uh, They were tremendous against defending the run going in, I think 90 something yards, and we got 290. And so that was the key to the whole thing. Uh, Cam had another exceptional night, Uh, Cam Rising. took care of the football. Three touchdown passes. Uh, like I said, no no uh, turnovers. Offensive line deserves a huge shout out. You don't get 290 yards rushing without a lot of uh, movement going on up front and our offensive line. Uh, rose to the occasion, rose to the challenge. Um, and then, like I said, Tavion was, Tavion was outstanding. 160 plus yards and and uh, four touchdowns, uh, just an outstanding night. So he's he's really turning into a, a workhorse for us, and carried the ball 24 times, and and uh, that's a huge positive uh, what he's doing uh, for our team. Um, defense played okay not great we still got things that we got to get better at on defense um we were really good on third down but we we stunk on fourth down so i mean the third down conver- conversion percentage is about 25 percent, but then there are seven to nine on fourth down so that was a that was an issue for us we got them to got them to third down and won that but but uh, lost too many th- uh, fourth downs um but uh you know with with uh you know, with Arizona State getting beat, it puts us in a pretty good position. There's still a ton of football left. We all understand that. But but for the moment and for right now, uh, we're in a pretty good spot. We just got to continue to uh, get better as a football team uh, week in and week out and uh, get some of our guys back that we're missing. That will help us out as well. But but uh, good win for our guys tonight, really good win.
2: Kyle, you elected to go for, for it on offense at the beginning of the game. Was there decision in that way? I mean, usually you
1: traditionally let your defense out on the field first. Yeah, our offense is starting to gain more and more confidence in the offensive guys, and and, uh, we're starting to control the line of scrimmage better. And of course, analytics come into it as well. And uh, we did not go against any of the analytics. Uh, In fact, there was probably a couple that we, uh, that analytics said go, but but, uh, just felt the the better situation was to uh, not go with that at that time. Now we got a, some mileage out of Cam Rising with his quick kicks, which was a positive. He did a great job for us. I think both of them were inside the ten, and so that was uh, a good weapon for us. We didn't punt one time with our with our traditional uh, punt unit. It was two quick kicks, and and that was it. Um, missed an easy field goal. We got we got to get better at place kicking. Uh, we're not uh, our percentage is not good enough this season. I think we're about sixty percent overall, which we need to be eighty percent plus. So we got work to do there as well. But
3: about those quick kicks with cam that maybe had to do with the struggles of the punting
1: recently as well yeah a lot to do with that yeah good observation yeah you get you get two punts blocked and and uh, you're not don't have a lot of confidence and so if you have an opportunity where you can utilize a quick kick and and uh, you know, especially Cam was a punter in high school. He, he punted for his high school team. And so he's got a good background in it. And, uh, you know, we got the, the three wide receivers that we put out there and uh, as our gunners. And, and uh, like I said, we we're able to uh, 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 pin the opponent inside the 10-yard line twice with that, two for two.
3: Uh, why Paul at center and Nick kicking
1: outside? Because uh, Keaton Bills was not available. Yeah, it's one of those guys where we're, we need to try to get back. But but I thought Paul Miley came in and did a really nice job. Had a couple errant snaps uh, that were a little bit tough to handle. But uh, other than that, he did a really nice job. And Nick Ford did a nice job at uh, left guard. He When uh, Keaton went down, we felt our best combination was to bump Nick out and uh, put Paul in at center.
3: Kyle, you you talked about how the the run run defense against Oregon State was soft. Uh, for for you guys to hold them to 146 yards on the ground, you feel that that was much improved.
1: Very much improved, and and uh, they had been averaging uh, a lot more than that. And that's uh, Chip Kelly is a heck of an offensive coach, and and really his his basis for everything is the run game. That's where it starts for him. And uh, that was not enough. Pro- I know he's not happy with that production, and because they usually do a, a lot better job than that. And and uh, you know he's a guy that really can uh, put together a run game. He's tough to defend
3: you said your defense obviously wasn't perfect
2: but Devin lloyd wasn't in there for that first half how do you feel like the team managed without him on
1: the field thought they did a nice job and that was our decision to uh we when we win the toss almost exclusively we defer but uh, we took the ball because we knew Devin, you know that might give us one more series with Devin that we wouldn't have had and so uh our offense promptly went right down the field in fact it was our first three drives i believe that we uh we scored on in succession and uh, so that was the reason why we uh, didn't defer. Uh, we took the ball and then when we got Devin back in the second half. He of course made plays like he always does. The red zone stuff
3: was talked a lot about last week. The mm-hmm. two-term was on downs just, you know, the ability to to go down the field four times and to give it to Tavian Inside the ten, you know, just your thoughts on the red zone stuff
1: tonight. Much improved, and we work hard on it all week. We work hard on it every week, but it was a, a particular point of emphasis this past week, and we wanted, we needed to be have more physicality down there. And I think you saw that tonight. That was our that was our objective, and that was uh, our philosophy going in. Is is uh, pound it, and we were able to do that. Any more questions for Coach? Yeah. Sorry. Happy Halloween. Uh, oh, you have one more. No <laughs> What are the um, what are the difficulties now of, of going into a short week knowing that you're playing on Friday yeah it's uh, a short week in, uh, going to Stanford uh, you got a short week combined with uh, a road trip but you know that's what the schedule says so we never worry or complain about that we just got to manage it um, and we will manage it and uh, Stanford's in the same boat other than having not having to travel but uh, we'll uh, We've got a blueprint for it and a protocol, and we'll just go to that. Okay, now happy Halloween.
0: There's Kyle Whittingham after the win over UCLA. Can take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from the Cougars and then the Jazz. Stay with us.
4: It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Aggies take a break from Mountain West conference play for a trip to New Mexico for a showdown against New Mexico State. Catch all the play by play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show at 1. From Monday morning to all the play by play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. BYU, 66 points. Most points they've scored in 20 years. They welcome Bronco back. The Cavaliers get down by 21, score touchdowns on six straight possessions, and then score just once in the second half. BYU, sixty-six, forty-nine. Tyler Algier, career best, 266 yards. He was awesome. Running over people, running away from people, He's over 1,000 yards rushing. He's heading towards the school record held by Luke Staley. Here's Tyler Algier after the game.
3: Tyler, you're probably going to get some of the same questions you always get because you had another fantastic game. What's it like to have the team rely on you like they do to come out and have these monster games and kind of
5: be that workhorse guy? Yeah, um, honestly, I don't really think of it like that. I just the online gets me to where to where I need to be and literally just reading off then. they make me right and I make them right.
3: So Are, are you as exhausted as you were
5: last week? Uh, <laughs> I'll say so <so-so>. so. <laughs> uh, it, it's close. Yeah, it's close but you know I'm gonna just get some treatment tomorrow and be ready for next week.
2: Tyler, you had 74 rushing
6: yards in the first half, um, and then you finished with 266, so you went for 192 in the second half. What did you feel like changed from the first half to the second half when things really started to open up
7: on the run game?
5: Uh, Yeah, literally just keeping them honest. You know, we ran, uh, we ran a lot of passes, a lot of runs, and, you know, just keeping them honest, you know, not stacking the box when we want to run, and then uh, when they stack the box, you know, we'll pass it. So, you know, literally just keeping them honest and um, – Literally opened a lot of things up. We'll do
7: the last question from Sean.
5: Tyler, I feel like I should ask you about one of your five touchdowns, but I want to ask you about a defensive play. How big was Lopa's fumble there that kind of preceded that that last one were Literally so so big time. Big time, you know. That, you know, they they had a really good offense, you know, they were literally moving down the field so many times, especially. But I think they only stopped, they only scored once in the second half? No. How many times did he score in the second half? I know it, it cut tremendously between the first half and the second half. So literally just them, the defense just making their changes, you know, doing their thing, really came in clutch, really came in clutch and let the offense have a lot of time on their hands. And we got the ball back.
3: There is Tyler Algier. Now here's the head coach Kalani Sataki. Congratulations on the win. Uh, what was the difference? Give up 42 points in the first half, just seven in the second half. What was the difference?
8: The uh, difference was he likes to making adjustments at halftime. And, uh, you know, our guys, it, it wasn't so much the scheme adjustments. It was just focused on fundamentals. I mean, uh, we, we did a couple things differently scheme-wise, but uh, I think, uh, you know, it started off good. And um, it was just a little interesting because at the beginning of the game, there are no TV timeouts. So things are rolling really quickly. And so uh, I think our guys got a little fatigued. You start to miss tackles when you get tired. You start to forget your technique. And um, once we are able to kind of gather ourselves, I mean, the second quarter was, was really harsh for me to see as a coach. And I know everybody was, you know, a little pissed off at that uh, second quarter. But halftime, the guys gained a composure. We talked about adjustments. And we talked about utilizing uh, more personnel, more people on the field. That's uh, so what we, we do. We keep our guys fresh. and. Uh, it just happens that our guys made some plays, and we don't get some turnovers in the second half, and get a turnover on downs, on downs, and uh, that was a difference for us. And our offense uh, stuck to it, we we're aggressive. The game plan, I, I, I love. I mean, <clears throat> when our offense get the ball that many times, I think we're going to do pretty good. So uh, I thought they took care of the football. And, uh, the difference was the turnover and downs and and um, the turnovers altogether. So, uh, but. Uh, credit to our players and credit to our coaching staff for making the adjustments on defense and um, finding ways to, to get this play. In. I mean, that's the stat line doesn't really look that favorable, but uh, second half, I think we, get, we can play uh, good sound football like we did in the second half will be fine for most of the games.
3: You touched on this Kalani, but how big was that fumble that Uriah caused and and then recovered, setting up the offense and able to make it a two score game there early in the fourth quarter?
8: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, credit Virginia, they're they're making a lot of plays. I mean, they're they making us miss tackles and they're uh, trying to keep things balanced. I know they're trying to, uh, you know, they're, they're usually going to throw the ball, but uh, I think they're committed to trying to run the ball a little bit tonight. And uh, you know, we just had to make it really hard for them. I, I think they had, if you look at in the first half, they had just those big plays and we didn't make it difficult for them. And I, I think... Uh, It's like one missed tackle, and then it was a touchdown. And, you know, we got a little aggressive. We played a little man defense, and we tried some things and did some pressures, and uh, they they bit us, you know. But um, I just like our guys being aggressive and trying different things, but also making adjustments and uh, relying on our offense is clicking like that for us to play complementary football. And that's what happened in the second half.
9: Kalani, can you can you touch on uh, Jaron Hall's progression and evolution as a passer? He had
0: career high in passing yards for you guys tonight. It, it just seems like he's getting more and more comfortable with the playbook and and with reading the defenses.
8: Yeah, I, I think um, game time that just that just happens. You know, guys get more comfortable playing the game and more comfortable making adjustments and. and I mean, I'm, I'm going to make an excuse for Jaron. He's been banged up. You know, this is when he's fresh and he can go, he, he's, he's a much different player. And, and, um, you know, when, when we were in a position where he was banged up and, and Baylor wasn't cleared to go, we, we, we had to protect him a little bit. And, um, and then, you know, we relied on, on Tyler to make some plays for us, but, uh, our game is going to have to be focused on, on the quarterbacks being able to, to, to make plays for us. And, and, um, sometimes, uh, just takes a little bit more experience, a little bit more time for those guys to to progress. And um, I think I think A Rod's an, an amazing coach. And, and uh, more time with him and, and getting these young guys more opportunities to play, uh, I think we can do some really good things. I mean, sixty six points isn't isn't too bad.
0: As he as he's gained that experience, what's really stood out about how his command of the offense?
8: I just think timing like it's just he he seems to know where to go with the ball uh, no matter what the defense does it and defensively um, Virginia did a lot of different things you know and and, uh, try to confuse him and they brought some pressure also and um, he made him pay I I think you to have a quarterback that can can see things and and uh, can go through the progression in in the the passing game uh, that's that's hard to do and these guys have done it and i I feel comfortable with all the quarterbacks doing that, but I'm just – I'm happy to see Jaron make that move and, and um, create some space with his legs too. And, and, and through – I thought he made good decisions. I, I mean, there's a couple of times where he probably shouldn't have thrown the ball a couple of times. But, uh, I mean, he, he we, we trust him. So, uh, just, let's just see what, what happens. I think he's getting better every week. So, hopefully we can see him, you know, perform again and, and improve next week.
2: Jay <laughs> and then Mitch. Hey, Bronco, or I mean, hey, Kalani, when we weren't talking about Bronco coming back, we were wondering if your your offense could was equipped to get in a shootout with with their offense. You you feel like uh, you guys answered that loud and clear tonight?
8: Well, I mean, two defensive coaches don't really like shootouts, right? And um, I think the first half wasn't what I wanted. The first quarter, yeah, but – the second quarter I didn't like, and it was just big plays on defense that were given up and some mistakes. But uh, I think the offense just had to be ready to have a shootout no matter what, and um, I'm glad they did. You know, um, I just uh, – defensively, we had a lot of guys that were banged up and weren't able to go, and that's just the game. But at the same time, we have to believe in our depth. And, and sometimes um, I think in the first half, we had guys playing tired when they should have just rested. And second half, uh, we utilized all our personnel. We, we rotated guys in that kept them fresh. And that made the difference for us. Um when you, when you're, when you're fresh and you can play, and, and it wasn't really the, the amount of plays, it was just back to back and quick, quick scores by our offense. There's not a lot of rest time. And a lot of our guys play special teams and, and we're not going to rotate on special teams. We need to rotate on defense. And we just had to lean on some second and third stringers and, and, uh, uh, you know, second stringers made, made made some plays. I mean, look at the turnovers that Drew Jensen had. He seems to have a great uh, uh, feel for the passing game and how to defend. And, um, you know, all our guys played really well and just there's mistakes, but it was really one quarter that that uh, I, I really wish
3: we had back. Bench, go ahead. Kalani, five touchdowns for, for Tyler Algier. What? What makes him such a special player for you guys? He
8: just, he's tough, man. And, and, uh, he has a lot of speed. I think people misunderstand that they don't really realize that he's a big body, but he can run, he, he can fly. So that's, that's dangerous when he can get to the next level. And, uh, he broke some tackles tonight and, and, and played hard and he's a little sore. I, I said this before that, um, we're going to need him to do that, you know? And, and, um, uh, and I think, I think we have to be smart with him, but he's willing to, to, to dish out the punishment and find ways. And uh, it's just a matter of time before he finds an opening and then he finds a crease and turns it into a big, big play.
3: You mentioned Drew Jensen, uh, Drew, uh, Alden Tofa, John Nelson, some guys that maybe are lesser known on this defense making big plays in the fourth quarter. How, how satisfying was that to see them rise the occasion and, and take on that, that role in that spot? That's
8: great. I, I thought, um, and, that, and that's, that was the adjustment, really. We, we had a great game plan. We just cannot play tired. And, and when you're going against Temple, we just need to rotate guys, and, and we need to trust those guys to play. I mean, they made plays tonight, you know, so we, we talk about our depth, and uh, I, I know guys want to play as many plays as they can, but I think it's important to, for them to trust the backups and, um, you know, to, to let them get in there and make plays. I, I, I'm really proud of our guys and, and their belief in each other and their buy into what, uh, on defense, what Elisha Tuyaki was asking them to do, and then on offense what A-Rod was doing and, and obviously special teams with, with what Ed does there. So uh, I have great coaches. They did a great job tonight. They performed well. and But, you know, we, we, we're going to work on some things and get better, but just really relishing the win right now, and we'll, we'll learn and get better next week. Eric,
7: and then Ron
3: Kalani, what was your interaction like with Bronco and with the, the former BYU guys, your friends, some of these guys that you've known, what was that like before and after the game? Really good.
8: I mean, uh, Bronco was awesome um, before and after the game. And um, he, I, I know he has a lot of love and appreciation for this place. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that that the fans showed him the love and the, and the warm um, welcome that he deserves. And, really proud of our fans. And that, I know it meant a lot to him. Uh, it meant a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to, to that staff. You know, those guys were, were welcomed, and, and it, was, it was a great game. Uh, I mean, defensive coaches don't really like this game, but it felt like an old-school BYU type of game. And, um, you know, that's <laughs> I, I'm just trying to make sure that we play at our best and that uh, this, these type of explosiveness in, in, a, in the second quarter, I think that was where we gave up tons of points. Um, doesn't happen again, but I don't want it to overshadow the, the fact of how happy I am, how they how well they played the second half, how they bounced back, and also how consistent and, and really nice the, the way the, the offense was working. I, I was really pleased with that, so um, you know, just felt really good. We, we we can win a lot of games if we do that.
3: Well, and along, along those lines, I wanted to ask about big picture seven and two at this point, heading at the end of October you have been dinged up and your depth has come through strong and you've been able to, to win seven games. What's it like to have the program at the point where you're able to rely on that? Like you have this year.
8: Yeah. I mean, uh, we're really happy with the depth, but I, I, I I don't want to keep testing it. You know, I think the depth is good and and let's just keep uh, getting better, but also getting some guys back. And, um, but, but just these guys believe in each other, man, they work hard for each other and, and, uh, yeah, just, I just I feel like we're developing really really well as a program overall, and um, we just keep focusing on 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 all the little details. All that stuff adds up and, and will allow us to, to take bigger steps wh- towards what we want to accomplish. And um, culturally, I'm really proud of our team. I, I love the players leading this group and and um, the buy-in. So we'll just keep working and try to keep things positive and and. Uh, learn as much as we can. I think feedback and criticism is really good for our guys, but uh, only if we learn from it.
2: Okay, we'll do last two quick questions from Ron and then Ben.
6: Kalani, usually we see Gunner, um and Puka as the deep threat tonight. Tonight we saw Samson get involved in the action a lot. What can you speak on about how big of a role he's played um, and how well he's been able to impact the offense since coming over from Utah?
8: Well, Sam Samson's. First of all, he's been a deep threat for us. He just hasn't been completely healthy, and this week he's been healthy. So, uh, yeah, he's been banged up, and you just never can tell from it from him because his his appearance and his excitement, his energy is just is it's. I don't know if anyone can match that, but it's it's amazing. But. Um, he's been banged up and, and, and uh, when he's healthy and ready to go or, and, and can play every down and, and start like he did tonight, man, he's dangerous. He's been doing that for years. And so it's good to see him get out there and play, but the energy, what I appreciate the most from him is the energy and the excitement that he has for his teammates when they make plays, um, regardless of which phase, it doesn't matter offense, defense, special teams. Uh, that guy burns a lot of calories because he's all over the place. He's talking to special teams. He's talking to the juice crew. He's talking to everyone. And, um, we we need to bottle up that energy because it's, it's amazing, but that guy has playmaking ability that matches his energy. And so it was nice to see those guys get out and play Gunner. It was just a, we thought Gunner was going to go, but I I think we we decided to be safe and and, and make sure that he's got a a bright future in football. We just need to make sure that that we don't um, put him in in harm's way. And so, and we felt good. I mean, Keanu made some plays down, down downfield too. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of guys. I, I think Chris Jackson was ready to make some plays happen. He unfortunately, had a, a targeting call on him. And, and um, you know, but but the guys that we feel deep in a lot of different positions, um, that receiver positions has been really, really good for us. And um, they have a really good coach, too. <clears throat>
10: Kalani, I know you touched on it briefly, um, but I, I was wondering if you could get into more specifics. It seemed like in the first half, a lot of 40 front second half, we saw a little bit more 30 front. I believe the two turnovers, both the force fumble and uh, Drew Jensen, INT and were both 30 front drop eight. And then the turnover on downs was also drop eight. Could you speak to uh, some of those specifics and what happened in the second half?
8: Yeah. Uh, we, we weren't getting enough eyes on, on, uh, on the quarterback and the, uh, yeah, you know, credit to Robert and I and, and, and the offense. They, they were doing some things that really make it difficult for man coverage. We thought we could match up man to man with them, and, and it worked early. And then when the guys got fatigued, uh, they're covering forever, you know, so the, they were getting a little tired, and, and they're missing tackles. Um, they were there. Uh, coverage was breaking down, and then um, Armstrong was breaking, breaking the pocket and taking off. And when you're in man, you're basically covering your guy. You don't really see um, – you don't really see what's going on with the quarterback breaks the pocket. So you're, you're susceptible to big plays. Uh, we thought it would be okay if we can kind of match it and play better, but then they, they, those big plays turn into big touchdowns. I mean, we had a, a pressure that was a zero pressure that they broke a tackle and scored touchdowns. On. So um, drop eight, won the game for us. And that was Eli Tuyaki's idea. Uh, that wasn't really the game plan, but we were going to mix in some man drop eight. He did that in the second half and, held them seven points, a really, really explosive offense of seven points. I think people need to respect them a little bit more now.
0: There's Kalani after BYU improves to seven and two. They got Idaho State, that should be eight and two. They got a bye week, Georgia Southern, that should be nine and two. Off to USC where they ought to be favored, that should be ten and two. Drake London, that looked like a bad injury. His leg in a soft cast, they're worried about his ankle. That looked bad. BYU. But you always got a chance to win out here they got a very good chance to win out and get to 10 and two all right we're gonna take a break when we come back the jazz losing to Chicago but then the win in Milwaukee you'll hear from them next.
11: Ready, ready, ready. <laughs>
4: It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a Friday night edition of Utah Football as the Utes welcome David Shaw in the Stanford Cardinal to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a key Pac-12 battle. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game, and then catch the Ute pregame show Friday night with the postgame show immediately following the game.
11: Ah.
4: From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Jazz lost Saturday in Chicago, but they win Sunday in Milwaukee. And the Bucks were shorthanded, no doubt about that. Here's the best of the post game show.
12: It's your jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 975 and twelve eighty of the Zone. The Jazz split a couple of games over the weekend. A back to back lose in Chicago, but win in Milwaukee last night. One hundred seven ninety five over the shorthanded Bucks. Donovan Mitchell had a great game. Twenty eight points, ten of eighteen shooting, four of nine from three, four of five from the line. Had a couple of big time buckets down the stretch to seal the deal for the win uh, for the Utah Jazz. Mike Conley had twenty as he did not play against the Bulls as he. He's not going to play in both games of back-to-backs, but did play last night against Milwaukee. Bogdanovich had 14. Jordan Clarkson had 15 coming in off the bench. But Jordan, his streak of 99 consecutive games with a, a three-pointer made has come to an end. Couldn't quite get the triple digits for Jordan Clarkson. But uh, let's get to some post-game sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder.
6: Yeah, I, mean, I think we're, we're going to see different teams play us different ways. And they were obviously, you know, really aggressive in the pick-and-roll Um blitzing us and trapping us, Um, you know, I thought we, you know, we really tried to move the ball and then, you know, there was opportunities late where I thought Dalvin was terrific attacking the rim, Um, you know, and challenging. So um, I think we, as a group, we've, you could, you could feel us, you know, being more aware of that.
10: Was this the best um, balance Put down in between, you know, running the team, getting everybody involved, and then kind
6: of taking on the um, I think every game's different. You know, I, I think it's, it's – sometimes you want balance, sometimes you don't. You just kind of take what the defense that's provides you, and I think that's what you saw at the end of the game. When, you know, he had a couple of situations where he was able to get by and get to the rim. You know, that's what – you know, we want him to be
7: opportunistic. Obviously, Milwaukee – Few of their main guys tonight, but it felt like the defense was pretty efficient tonight in terms of slowing them down. Yeah, I, I thought,
6: you know, from a position standpoint, you know, we executed some of the things we want to do. Obviously, you know, not having Middleton or Drew out there is different, but um, we kept them off
7: the foul line. I thought that was really a big, big thing. What do you say to um, obviously, I know you're not going to make too big deal out of a couple rough shooting games from DC, but is there anything that you tell them after
6: two games in a row the ball not? Tell, tell them the same thing I told Boyan last year. After you know, I, I don't think we're, you know, we're not, we haven't shot it well as a team. So, um, you can't go in if you don't shoot. So, I think as long as we're taking good ones and, you know, I thought, you know, Joe's walk-up three was a big shot. So, I just wanted to main, maintain your confidence and we've got guys that are good shooters and, you know, you guys, know th- things even out over time.
7: When was this first time that you saw an aggressive blitz
10: for for about forty eight minutes?
6: Or did from someone that's six seven and really athletic and able to execute it that way? The nonsense, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. He just did that that he, that's you know that's the strength of his with his activity and his athleticism. So you know, I thought there were times when it surprised us a little bit, and um, part of it is making sure we have receivers, you know, to be able to pass out of it when it does happen because you've, you've drawn two And then, but as I said, you know, that that's when, you know, when you have Giannis, um, you know, on the back line, he's capable of covering so much ground. And, you know, someone looks open and oftentimes those are longer passes as well.
10: Andy Larson on Zoom.
5: Yeah, Quinn Jordan made three kind of critical defensive plays in middle, late fourth quarter there. And I'm curious kind of what you saw from those plays in particular and then obviously kind of his attention to detail on the defensive end.
6: I mean, I'm, I feel like I've been saying it for a long time about his, his his care factor and his will. And he's got a lot of pride and, you know, he wants to win. And I think he wants to win. He can really score, but he wants to win more than he wants to score. Um and you know there, there was a competitiveness that sometimes if things, you know, if you're not making shots, you know, the will say, you know, figure out a way, other other way to impact the game," and that's that's exactly what he did. And those were those were big
12: plays. That is Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team wins 107 to 95 over the Bucks. They moved to five and one on the season. Uh, let's now hear from the players. Let's start things off with Donovan Mitchell.
10: Was this the, uh, the best offensive game of the year for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I still have four turnovers, though. Um, I think the biggest thing, not just for myself, uh, we really executed when we needed to. You look at the way tonight went, you look at the way last night went, uh, two polar opposite situations. You know, I think there were times where Chicago really amped up the pressure, and we weren't ready for it. You know, you can do a game like tonight, you know, we were ready for it. to played through it. You know, they're they're, they're NBA champions. They're not going to just go out, you know, down 15 and just call it a day. They're going to continue to fight split since they lost last night as well. Um, the biggest thing is we we competed, you know, on both ends of the floor. We did a lot of things that weren't necessarily our schemes, but it was just hustle plays, extra effort, JC getting steals. Um, like that, that stuff right there is what takes us to that next level. And being able to do it in crunch time, I think is huge. How do you kind of, you probably you, you, you guys did a lot of stuff in that was scheme. How do you kind
7: of find that balance that like, the system, and then those moments where you're just you know
10: you're seeing a massively like ISO and going to right. I think it's just really feeling the game, you know, feeling and I think you know you look at the one I'm thinking of the steal JC had on you. It's like understanding you know they want to get the balls, obviously you know being able to be there, be ready. You know for myself, we have a play called, you know. I have a mismatch, a matchup I like, you know, being able to attack, not necessarily just to score, but just to go out there and and create, you know And I'm saying? Like, I get in the paint, hit Royce, he hits JC, although he misses, you know, it's a good look. Same thing with Boyan, same thing with Mike. Um, But then I'll see myself getting downhill, too. So, understanding, you just got to feel it out, you know, and that goes with trusting each other um, because, you know, if there's no trust, like when I turn the ball over off my foot and then I threw a bad pass whatever, I forgot what it was. Like, that could easily be where we kind of just – a really place, but be able to lock in even more as a group. After that, on both ends of the floor, I think just shows the the confidence we have in each other. When you look at um, the balance that that you have between um, running the team and and looking for your own, I thought last night you didn't strike that balance. Mm -hmm. And tonight you did strike that balance. What was the difference for you? My comment? Uh, like that, that's a big piece, you know. But there are times, like even last year when Mike was out, you know, I was able to do that. And it's just finding my rhythm, you know, just, you know, see, if I haven't really shot the ball well or played well offensively. So just being able to find my rhythm as well as being able to lead the team and play through different things, and, you know. But being able to have Mike, you know, kind of get off it and be able to have him orchestrate or be able to do run certain plays where I get a break for a second and then come back in at time to attack, I think is huge. Um, but, that, that's that's really a, a big piece. And also just slowing down myself. You know, I don't, I don't know how many turnovers I'm averaging, but I'm trying to do a little bit too much. You know, and not necessarily in a, a negative way, just trying to, you know, make aggressive plays. I'm going to continue to be aggressive, but it's just a matter of, you know, slowing down, being able to make the right plays, right passes. And not,
6: what if anything was different with your shot? Because you came out just perfect from three.
10: Um, I don't know. I mean, I just... Confident, taking the, taking the. That's it. You know, at the end of the day, I think Andy asked me last night about JC. You know, what he told me: he shoots, has uh, a bad shooting night. You know, just shoot. That's what I tell myself. You know, I'll continue to shoot. You know, I worked too hard all summer, all all season to not take those shots. You know, I work to take those shots in those moments. And just being able to trust myself, and then my teammates and coaches trust me too. So it makes it easier to go out there, continue to, make, to take and make those shots.
11: Obviously,
10: sorry. Obviously, uh. Locked in, a few key guys tonight, but you guys' defense you still seem pretty locked in. What were you working on that after Just to be, just being aggressive. You know, being able to play through. They hit some, they hit some shots. You know, we we game planned well. I think I think we did a lot of things really well, and then they hit shots out of it. You know, and I think that can be typically deflating, You know, when you play really good defense, and at the beginning of the game, you give a five off five offensive rebounds, ten points, something like that, whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. like being able to continue to to push and play through that, being able to fight over screens, even when we mess up having each other's back, you know, because a lot of things we did, we but we communicated out of it, even though we didn't do it necessarily the right way. And I think that's that's where we've also going to continue to be as a team and do that on a nightly basis. You know, it's not always going to be perfect, but if we continue to have each other's back, you know, we'll be in good shape. You went a long stretch without scoring after the first quarter. Then once they got down to five, late in the third, every time they kind of threatened, you seemed to kind of take upon yourself to really... Lead a spur just what your mindset there, every time they got down to like five, or four. Uh, that's a pivotal. That was a pivotal point in the game, you know, and I think that's that's really like my job, you know, to kind of go out there and kind of have that imprint, that moment, you know, because they could have easily went the other way, you know, real quickly. Like, I think it was at least five minutes or so, you know, it, could, it was a toss up, you know, they were, we were scoring, they were scoring, we were stopping, they were stopping, so it was a matter of you know who's gonna, you know, strike. And then for us, I hit a few shots, got some stops. JC came and hit a few shots, and we were able to get on the road. They came back and forth and kind of did the same same thing. So being able just to push the lead out, you know, and just kind of put your foot in the gas a little bit more and just feel the game out. That's, that's really what it is, just feeling the game out as a whole. And, you know, I think I did that. I think we all did that as, as a group as well on both ends of the floor. To
7: get on those kind of roles, give you confidence to, like, kind of have these moments where you're
10: like so mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have confidence going against anybody. You know, that's 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 just me. Um, like I said, I worked so hard that I trust myself in any situation. Um nights like tonight, I, I feel like I can do this on a daily basis. And I just gotta go out to continue to, to shoot out of this little funk really, whatever you want to call it and continue to work through it. You know, it's nothing nothing crazy. There was a point where I missed like three threes in a row that I normally make. You know, it's sometimes the ball is not gonna go in, you know, but being able to impact the game and in different ways tonight. It was, you know, being able to do that offensively. You know, through attacking, through finding guys and doing all that. As nice is defensively, um, whatever, whatever it takes. But you know, for me, that's that's just, you know, every day I feel like I can, you know, I can impact the game in many different ways.
12: There's Donovan Mitchell, 28 points, 10 of 18 shooting, four of nine from three. Talked about uh, making those big buckets down the stretch confident in that part of his game. Let's uh, now hear from Jordan Clarkson. I guess I'll
10: start with the obvious. Do you have any words to say about
2: your or? um, Nope. Shit, it's over. <laughs> right. Start another one. Uh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, nope.
7: Okay, so you move had, forward. <laughs> you've had a few games in a row where the ball hasn't been going in as much as it normally does. Is there any going on? Just one of those stretches
2: where the ball isn't going. Um. Nah, it's just a, a stretch that happens. What's part pop- game five, right? We're game six for us. Game six. Game six. Oh yeah. Turn seventy plus more. It's gonna happen. Just kind of happy it's kind of happening early right now. Uh, just got to keep continue taking my shots, staying it. Uh, I think I'm getting good shots. Uh, just like Chicago game, a lot of them rolling out, uh, back around. You know, just just happens. I think I went uh, kind of through something similar uh, last year uh, during the season. Um, but I think I'm not even really worried about uh, knocking down shots. To be honest with you, and stuff like that. I think uh, a big concentration for me is on the defensive end, uh, trying to bring energy on that side. Um, you know, keep continuing to help us win games. That's all. Just bring energy, good vibes, and uh, you know, keep continuing to win games. They're gonna shots are gonna fall. We're gonna make shots. We're gonna. Prevail. Well we gonna defend. You know, it's gonna happen. It seemed like you guys
10: took a while to figure out how to adjust to to the blitz and the aggressive traps.
7: And um, once you did, and you got some one-on-one situation, you started getting inside the yard. What was the, what were the reads there for you?
2: Uh, just kind of taking advantage of uh, you know, the defense. Just getting in the paint. Uh, you know, trying to make other plays. I know when I get in the paint. Most of the time, I draw a bunch of defenders, so I'm not able to make other plays. But um, in that third and fourth quarter, uh, I got in there and was able to finish and uh, you know score in the, in the paint. So I uh, just looked at that and uh, kept continuing to go, uh, kept being aggressive and uh, kept trying to finish at the rim. And that's what it, what it ended up being. Queen was a your defense, but particularly in the fourth quarter when you had a
7: couple plays that really kind of Help stretch the lead out a little bit. You said that you've got to care more about winning than you do about scoring.
2: What was, what was working for you on the defense then? Uh, Especially late. A lot of it is just uh, Zita Steele, uh you know, had on Giannis and then the other plays. Let's film really, like you said, Coach, you know, Karen. I think that since Vegas, uh, we kind of talked about that, Uh, you know, Clipper series. Um, throughout the whole playoffs, throughout the whole year. Um, like I said, we ain't playing for right now. I think a lot of our focus is on um, down the line and, uh, you know, how we can break the wall and, you know, take the next step forward as a team. I feel like us guarding defensively as guards, keeping our guys in front of us individually, keeping guys out the paint, is going to be a big key for us uh, to win uh, later on down the year, and uh, shoot right now, to be honest with you, too. But we're just building those habits with these early games. And, um, you know, we focus on that now. It just becomes uh, our identity and, you know, what uh, what we hold our accountable, uh, ourselves accountable to. You're a guy who's known for going on and scoring. Pitches. What's it like watching Don,
7: like, having some of the nights where, you know, they come within five, and then he's just like,
2: on parents for like ten in a row or what? Um, <clears throat> it's great. I, mean, I think it's a uh, super dope. Uh, I think we we have a um, a bunch of guys that you know can you know have that that certain ability to do that, but he does it at such a high level, able to do that every game. That's what makes him an all star, all NBA player. Um, you know, like I said last year, I think he was in the con- he should have been in the conversation for like MVP almost. So. Uh, He's going to keep continuing uh, to lead this team, keep doing what he's doing. And, uh, you know, it's just great to see him uh, knock down shots and, and really lead this team.
12: There's Jordan Clarkson, 15 points, talking about the streak that is over. He said, well, it's over. Time to start a new one. And that's all he had to say about it, of course. Uh, he was 0 of 7 from 3, but 6 of 17 from the field. 15 points, as I mentioned. Let's now let us hear from Rudy Gobert.
13: Well, I'm just talking with this So I think... Uh, Facing somebody like, like Giannis, see face facing a team like that, uh, you know, you know that
11: you have to communicate, you have to be locked in, and uh, and uh, and we did, We you know, we did. They have they had two many offensive
13: rebounds in the first half, but uh, we did a much better job in the second half. And uh, you what's know, the
10: biggest takeaway if there is one single takeaway that you? that you can take away from the start that you got that and to, to see.
13: I mean, we just want to keep getting better. You know, we know that at the end of the day, it's going to be about the playoffs. And, uh, we know that, you know, winning in a regular season, uh, you know, with all-style basketball, it's, it's going to happen. But, uh, is that going to transfer to the playoffs. And, and that's why we try to use all the situations to, so, uh, that's good to get better try to get better try to play the wide way try to use all of strength and uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the season enjoy the journey
7: and use every night to get better what's uh, what do you attribute kind of the, the improvement offensively between you know what you guys how you guys played last night against Chicago and how you played tonight um, I mean, we played two different teams
13: those guys were really good. Team, you all know, Chicago with a little more uh, more on the ball, one on one, and you know, and uh, each other set. So we tried to speed us up. So both games were different, but uh, I think the defensively we were, we did a end job tonight too. And uh, when we when we're locking defensively, uh, all five of us we're defensively. It's so, uh it's a different game we can feed on that we which kind of a nice basket of because of the
7: defense. When you said before the game that he felt like the new kind of emphasis, the, the new point of emphasis always uh, what they're focusing on, you know, in terms of like cutting mean, out like the flopping and the, the searching for ball balls. That's kind of to like the unintended consequence of like defenders being able to be
13: more physical and just push guys out of the way a little more than they should be. Have you kind of noticed that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I like that. I think, uh, uh, I think you know, the game uh, needed that. You know, we had kids, twelve years old, working on how to draw fouls, like something for fouls. I like, think great for the game of basketball. So. Um, you know, I think there's a big ground between uh, being able to punch somebody and play streaming while and getting away and, uh, you know, not... Those mm-hmm. this guy uh, literally not even trying to score, they just try to get in the car. So it's uh I think it was necessary and know uh, what it's so just like everything, it's some adjustment. And uh
12: yeah. Uh, I like it. There's Rudy Gobert, nine points, thirteen rebounds. Four block shots for Rudy. In fact, the Jazz, uh, as a team, had 10 block shots last night. Big-time number. 107-99 uh, is your final. The Jazz beat the Bucks. Up next, the Jazz take on the Sacramento Kings here at Vivint Arena coming up tomorrow night. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.
0: There's the best of the postgame show. Stay with us more in a moment right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in... Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the SmartRain guest line. Best of State winner SmartRain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. SmartRain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call
14: 877-346-3333. Samson, Good morning. What's happening Monday morning and we back at it?
0: <laughs> What's happening? Touchdowns, touchdowns, <laughs> and more touchdowns. You ever played in a football game that had 115 points in it before? That's a lot of points.
14: Yeah, we could have put up more if Coach didn't want to settle down, honestly.
0: <laughs> so tell
15: us what is it like to play offense with Aaron Roderick calling the plays? And.
14: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, you never know what you're going to get. Honestly, you don't know if you're going to want to bomb an air raid uh, the team out or if we're going to end up blocking our, our butts off and uh, letting Ty Alger run the ball in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's honestly, it's fun playing under A-Rod. Um, he keeps us on our toes and uh, keeps us uh, um, c- keeps our heads on. So, um, uh, making sure we uh, build the whole playbook, honestly, and uh, keeping it locked into our brains.
0: Tyler must keep you on your toes, though. I mean, there's wide receivers who you know are going to go for three or four yards on a play. It doesn't really matter what you do with your guy. You just kind of dance around out there. But the way Tyler breaks him, you better be blocking every play. He's going to be running right up your heels.
14: I know, man. So i got to put these uh, DBs in the dirt. So I'm trying uh, I'm standing in the weight room a little longer, uh, lifting, uh, doing upper body a lot more, trying to get right for Ty.
15: You've been in an offense at Utah for several years and then you come over to BYU. What type of adjustments did you have to make and was it a difficult adjustment?
14: Um, I think the the biggest adjustment was uh, just preparing to catch the ball a little bit more, uh, running routes a little bit more. So uh, it was definitely just uh, perfecting uh, my routes, uh, my releases, and uh, getting uh, the timing down with the QB. Um, I think that was the biggest thing. Um, the difference... Um, coach up there but you just love to run the ball a little bit more so uh it was fun to come down here and just prepare to work my hands a little bit more on my feet and show people what i can do a little more on the field
0: is it any different in the uh film room or in practice
14: um practice is a little bit more different uh a little bit more relaxed and uh player oriented down here so uh you know break in between uh to rest our bodies and uh but the receivers recover a little bit more because we are running a lot more routes and uh, practicing um, deep threats. So uh, I think that's the only really big difference is uh, just uh, the little break that coach gets uh, the team and lets us rest a little bit.
15: Tell us how your brother Puka became best friends with Dana White.
14: <laughs> uh, growing up, uh, we lived uh, back in Vegas and um Shoot. My older brothers kind of. They were big-time all-stars out there in Vegas uh, growing up, and then um, me myself growing up, <laughs> I wasn't too bad, honestly. And uh, Puka was the next man up, and everyone knew uh, about his older brothers, and uh, everyone, everyone wanted to see what Puka could do. And um, Dana White had a, a, a boy that's uh, Puka's age, uh, little Dana, and uh, they saw Puka playing football one day. I don't know where, but recruited them to be on their uh, Henderson Cowboys team. And from there, Puka was just a superstar. And uh, just started taking over, and then started becoming good friends with Dana and them.
0: So, you surprised to get tagged on social media? Is is your brother surprised by all that, your family?
14: No, not at all. They honestly uh, invite Puka out to come hang out with them all the time. puka has been to a couple of UFC fights, uh, went to the Conor McGregor fight. Um, So he's always going out and hanging out with them, honestly. (laughs)
15: what did you anticipate being able to do against Virginia? And did it surprise you? Because at least watching it looked
14: like it came very
15: easy as a team.
14: Um, coaches talked about it, um, throughout the whole week. Um, everyone was talking about, uh, Virginia's offense and how they're really good. And, uh, just see, uh, seeing, uh, that, seeing if, uh, BYU's offense could compete and, uh, score with them. And, uh, Coach Aaron said he was just tired of hearing them. Uh, Let's just go out there and show them who's the better offensive at the end of the night, and uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, we took shots all night, opened up and spread out the field, and then um, right up we spread out the field. Kyle uh, Deer ran down the throw, and so uh, it was just a really beautiful, uh, really beautiful offensive sighting for us.
0: So, when you looked at Virginia on film, did you know those big plays were there?
14: Um, yes, we did. Um, we saw that there. Were, their DBs are physical and uh, big DBs, but you saw that um, they weren't good at uh, playing the ball in the air. So Coach A-Rod wanted to take shots and uh, test their DBs and see what they could do in there. And I thought exactly what we did. And uh, the receivers just came out and made uh, bigger plays than the DBs did.
15: Tell us about that little celebration dance. It seemed like you wanted to do more, but you didn't know what to do. Uh, what was going on?
14: exactly I was lost uh, I was always surprised uh, I caught the ball like I, I flung my body around in the gym threw a perfect ball and in the pocket and uh, getting up I didn't think the crowd was going to be that loud and it just had me shook and lost in my own head I couldn't even get my own thoughts together <laughs> to get a celebration down so I just put the phone up I was like hey if you guys have my phone number you know, give it to the ladies give me a call <laughs> 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 uh, well did it work have you heard from anybody <laughs> um, it worked a little bit a little bit some girls you know messaged me asked me for my phone number I was like heck yeah perfect we go out all day and test it
15: <laughs> <laughs> so the schedule at least this week eases up a little bit uh, but I'm imagining that you guys are going to take that mindset of easing easing up
14: yeah uh, no easing up um, this, this week is just like a power five school to us um Idaho State's another big team and uh we gotta take it serious. We uh took two games off this season and it it, it cost us a perfect season, so it's uh we gotta lock in and just take this team very serious. So it's gonna be a fun game and uh we're trying to put eighty on these guys.
0: Was there at any point in that Virginia game when you were worried when they scored on their fourth straight position, their fifth straight, their sixth straight possession?
14: Oh no. Um Coach A-Rod prepared the offense for a shootout we knew this was going to be an offensive game and uh, we just wanted to show everybody that we could uh, score in any way uh, any way possible and uh, keep up with any offense in the nation and uh, outscore any offense in the nation if necessary and uh, that's exactly what we came out and did.
15: When the defense is on the field what are you doing anyway?
14: Shoot, I'm gonna, I'm trying to pump up the whole crowd to get them loud. I'm trying to get them rocking with me to On the defense. um, I'm trying to get the sidelines pumped up, man. I got bad headaches after the game because I'm (laughs) screwing my head off, honestly.
0: (laughs) So there's a lot of points in that game, and there are a lot of big hits. You feel sore after that game, or is there just so much, uh, so many touchdowns not getting touched? It doesn't matter.
14: Yeah, no, it's pretty sore after the game. Um, Blocking's definitely not easy. My upper body's sore. Getting tackles not easy. My legs are sore, but. After a win like that, you don't even notice of that You just remember the good times and laughing and uh, celebrating with the teammates.
15: Speaking of laughing and celebrating and all that stuff, is this the most fun you're having playing football?
14: Yes, yes I found the love. I found the love again. I found I'm able to find myself. And just being under Coach Kalani is just awesome um, and letting us play our brand of football. Just letting, just letting us play um, our games every day and I'm uh, not stressing us out. I'm just loving us and, uh, helping us learn more and more. And, um, it's just been really fun and I'm loving it out here.
0: Now I know Kalani can be fun. We've all seen him dance and we've all seen him cheering and running up and down the sideline, but what's he like when you had a 21, nothing lead and you're trailing at halftime? What's he like in the locker room at the half?
14: Um, it's honestly really cool. Um, he just comes in and walks in and tells us, uh, keep doing our thing, uh, believe in one another and, uh, Believe that we'll make the plays are necessary to get back uh, onto our toes, and um, he just comes and brings the enthusiasm and still loving us and learning and uh, telling us to pick it up just a little bit, but never, never going into shadow or into an angry mode and getting yell- yelling at us, but just you know supporting us and just uh, showing us good energy and just telling us that everything's going to be okay. Just keep believing in one another.
0: Well, Samson congratulations on the win, seven and two. And good shot at eight and two, so keep it rolling. Thanks for coming on.
14: Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful day.
0: Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us every week here on 97.5 at twelve eighty the zone. Good shot at eight and two. Good shot at nine and two going to USC. And that was a bad injury, broken ankle for their star wide receiver, Drake London. So BYU, they're gonna be they're gonna be favored again and again and again, I would expect. You no know, favor the rest of the way, huh? Yeah, I would think so. Well, uh-huh. how about that? Loading up on the W's.
15: That yeah, ten and two. I mean, that's a fine season. <laughs> There's no way other way to look at it. I, mean, I don't, I don't care what league, what conference, and obviously they don't play in either of those. But uh, nevertheless, ten and two is the way I view it. I, mean, I guess if you're Alabama, Ohio State, you might think otherwise. But not from my perspective. 10-2 is a great, great season, no matter who you're playing and what level it is, it, it really doesn't matter to me, so if they, I don't know that they'll get that. 9-3 and three is pretty good, better than what I had them, uh, it certainly looks like 9 is pretty much a guarantee, uh, with uh, two cupcakes coming up, uh, and then I guess we'll see where the, where the Trojans are at at that point, Jackson Dart got a little bit of playing time, and and is it a controversy there? I'm, um, You know, that's still three weeks away, so four weeks away, and they'll have time to, to figure that out at that time. Uh, but for now, yeah, they, they've rebounded well. They did exactly what they needed to do. You know, we thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. Virginia uh, talking to their uh, beat guy from Richmond last week and looking at the story that he wrote. They had all sorts of plays over 20 yards, over 30 yards that they allowed, yada, yada. And it was a question of, uh, can BYU outscore them? Because there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, and But at the same time, the defense really responded in the second half. I think they only allowed one touchdown. Obviously, yep. the the kid got hurt. Uh, and that was sad to see. Hopefully he can get himself healthy because he was dynamic, you know, left-handed and running. So the immediately the comparisons to Steve Young and all that stuff, I get all that. Uh, but uh, they made a ton of big plays, particularly in the first half. And you got to look at BYU's defense in the second half. Uh, they got it under control in a game that didn't look like it was going to be under control whatsoever. I don't know that I felt, uh-oh, BYU's in trouble. They were no more in trouble than...
0: Virginia was in trouble. <laughs> Nobody can get a stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, social media was full of a lot of, hey, whoever has the ball last is going to win this thing. But yet it wasn't that way. Nope. The defense
15: responded in the second half. And as I say, they had the injury there. But at that point, when he got hurt. It slowed uh, down uh, in the third quarter. Yeah. that it already had been slowing down to that point, as you say. So you really have to credit the BYU defense. That Tuiaki takes a, hundred, a ton of heat. The defensive coordinator but at the same time they changed it around rather quick whereas Virginia it was embarrassing if I were a Virginia fan I would be embarrassed that my team put up very little resistance whatsoever it's like well what do we want to do Do we want to throw it okay we'll throw it do we want to run it okay we'll run it I mean they could have done just about anything they wanted and it didn't look like there was any way that Virginia was gonna stop them which was a surprise to a degree to me because BYU's offense has had explosivity at times (laughs) The what? Explosivity but they hadn't put it consistently throughout four quarters almost virtually every possession and you know we've seen Algier go crazy. We've seen them make big plays in the past game and Jaron Hall being able to run. We've seen that. That wasn't that unusual But to see it to that level consistently, that's the thing that we haven't seen. And that's precisely what we saw Saturday night is that everything that they were trying was working to about as well as it could. So I don't know if that's what they're capable of. I wouldn't say they're capable of 66. I suppose if they really wanted to put 66 on Idaho State, they could. My guess is that they don't. Uh, because uh, they just don't want to do that to that team. I mean, obviously, Idaho State's going to be overmatched and all that stuff. So with that, and, and Bronco's son is going to serve in Pocatello. So if you have any degree of compassion for people from Pocatello, Idaho State's in Pocatello, right? Yeah. Okay, Bronco's son is going to be, I mean, he goes here just great guess. in, in Fact two check. months. <laughs> It's a good guess. Well, you got part. Twin Falls, Idaho Falls, I, Pocatello, all those places. They, and they're they all beautiful communities. You're done now. Let's go uh, back to your point. Rupert is not very good, as Scotty G ripped me for one time. Gordon wanted to eat in Rupert when we couldn't eat. Where's the, uh, where Evil Knievel, is that Twin Falls? Where he jumped and we're in that town and it was a beautiful town. I've actually spent the night in that town. Very nice town awesome spent the night coming back from the potato bowl oh really yes yes wanted to get a jump on the drive coming back from boise so the game was over had dinner in boise and then drove back stayed there at that place nice community. played golf in that community too very nice community Uh, but you know you don't want to embarrass bronco's son make him feel bad as he's getting ready to go on his mission in pocatello now is that pocatello proper or the surrounding greater metropolitan Pocatello area. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know what the uh, out is Bronco. I didn't know all this stuff until I listened to Bronco a week ago today. You guys call it the field, apparently. You know, is that the fee going to be at you the Southfield? You learned about branches. Yeah, yeah. We, we got I mean, you. Yeah, he broke it down for me. All these years in this community, and I came away with a, I thought I was down in Provo in August at the church education system. You know, when you go down there, used to go down there for a training camp. Education you know, week. We'd try to find a place to park there for that week. we all those campers of people tailgating, brats and brews. They'd be out in that parking lot there, just, uh, what, west of the football field? You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. yeah Sadly I do. So, I've been able to follow this whole thing. Right. So Which is kinda weird, actually. Yeah, I learned so much from Bronco. I mean, the guy's he's a religious teacher. He's not a teacher of good defense, apparently, for Virginia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no Bronco coach team has ever given up sixty six points. Well they have now. Yeah, it was just amazing. It was really incredible to watch.
15: <laughs> Thought it was gonna be high scoring. There was no surprise that it was going to be high scoring.
0: Okay, but didn't you think there would be like four-minute touchdown drives? I mean, there were so many scoring drives, that two minutes or less. No, once Virginia got it going in that first
15: half, in fact, I tweeted out, okay, how many plays are they going to score? Four, <laughs> maybe five? And it was four. So maybe at going into it a little bit, but as soon as Virginia got it going in that first half, they were literally unstoppable. And that was what was so impressive, is that BYU's defense was able to turn it around a little bit. The offense, I had no doubt. As long as they did not turn the ball over and gave away possessions, they were going to be absolutely fine. I wouldn't have picked in the 60s. You know, I would have picked about 45. My thought going nobody, into the nobody, game was nobody. about a 45, 35, somewhere in there, 38. And that was halftime. Yeah, that's that's what I anticipated. I thought BYU had an excellent chance to win. Um, And if they were going to win, well, no matter who was going to win, it was going to be high scoring. But I was figuring in the mid-40s to high-30s with BYU being able to come out on top. I did not expect to that level. But, I mean, they just had it going on. And I think a lot of it was just pathetic defense. It's amazing to me that you're – but I don't follow the ACC and their recruiting and Virginia and who they're able to get and where they are in the pecking order. I couldn't tell you that. I mean, that's that's the thing about BYU when they play these teams is they play them, you focus in on them for a week, and, it, and psh- then they're, they're gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. That'll change the year after next. Oh, yeah. It won't be. There'll It'll be, be continuation. they keep playing each other. And, you know, we'll follow it and we'll get up to speed. As I said, that summer, not so much next summer, but the summer bef- after that, I'm going to spend a great deal of time gathering as much information as I possibly can about the Big 12. I mean, it's not like I'm totally... Uh, Ignorant of it because we do watch their games, you know, watching Baylor and Texas and Oklahoma doing their thing. We always know them, Oklahoma State, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, NTCU, Gary Patterson, I bet, basically uh, getting fired after 21 seasons. Uh, what is he? I think he's like 61. We'll see if he wants to be done. Uh, it's an age where you could be done. I'm sure he could be done financially. But at the same time, if uh, he wants to get in, that's still plenty young enough to get back in. I don't know what he's going to do. I always enjoyed interviewing him over the years at Mountain West Conference Media Day. He was uh, not necessarily a charismatic guy, but he was always a cooperative guy and did great interviews. So I followed him for a number of years, for sure, because TCU was tough and it was tough to go down there. TCU kind of reminded me of a better uh, Colorado State. And what I mean by that, Sonny Lubick, when I was covering, working for the Watchdog, Sonny Lubick had great, great teams. But the community didn't exactly rally around the program. Whereas, and I've been in TCU Stadium many times, he's had great, great teams. But when you're shadowed by the Dallas Cowboys and the <laughs> University <laughs> yeah. of Texas. That's a problem. It's well, hard Texas a and
0: is the yeah. third most popular yeah. program you compete with. It's
15: hard to, to gather a fan base. And I've had... Uh, I've talked to Dave Rose about that at the University of Houston in Houston. Same type of principle. Some communities, and not a lot of communities that have pro sports, that's basically what they are. They're pro sport communities. And then you got to find your niche somehow, some way. I mean, look you look at SC football, the greatest rain that they had in, in recent times came when the Rams and Raiders were gone. So we'll see what
0: happens going forward as they look for a new coach. Gary Patterson, Matt Wells to the Alabama staff. Nick Saban. Swoop it in. Well, I, you know, I don't know that uh, Gary Patterson needs resurrecting, though. No, he doesn't. It might be interesting for a year just to see how Nick does it. Just to be on the inside and see it. You're right. He doesn't need resurrecting the way other guys do. Now, he has been basically a 500 coach for three and a half years. And there's some weirdness in there with the pandemic years and all that. They were five and four in league last year. Well, that's year.
15: why he's being let go.
0: Yeah. If he was 10-2, and two, he wasn't, wasn't going to like, be let go. No,
15: he's back. So it's obvious. Uh, but I think he's still young enough if he wants to get back in. So bringing it back to Virginia, I don't know why they suck defensively.
11: I'm
15: not going to be paying much of attention. I'm going to check their scores and wish Bronco and those guys well, but I don't get into minutia of the football team. And for one night I did, and, and they couldn't stop their shadows. And that was just awesome. And for BYU, man, they backed it up. You know, they took a lot of grief on their schedule last year. But if you gave them grief, you were wrong. They've backed it up. And yeah, they had a bad game against Boise. They turned it over, and then Baylor was just better. but it looks like Baylor's pretty good. I mean, I know it's it's uh, they they which is shocking to me because they lost the greatest spring game quarterback of all
0: time. Seven and one still got Oklahoma to go. But other than that, they'll be favored. Well, same principle. You go ten and two. I don't mm -hmm. care if you win your division or conference. You still had an excellent season. They got TCU, who's uh, just let the coach go. They end the season against Texas Tech, who's already let the coach go. Also got Kansas State coming up, but nine and three or ten and two for those guys. Pretty good. Maybe they can win out. I mean, Oklahoma's played a bunch of close games. Win out, then they would be in the playoff if they win out. Eleven and one. I can't rule it out. I wouldn't bet on it, but. So Will Oklahoma keep winning all these close games? Or now that they switch quarterbacks, they settle in and they're going to blow people out. They've played, for an undefeated team, they have played a lot of close well, games. Well,
15: you're going to go with Oklahoma because they're a bigger program and that's what you do. Yeah,
0: but I like to pick against
15: teams going undefeated because so going few to. teams do. You're not, going, you're not going to pick against Oklahoma the rest of the way. And I don't know who they'll play in the playoffs, so we'll have to
0: wait until that we get to there. DJ and PK, it's 97-5 and 1280 the zone. Whole lot of winning going on. Whole lot of points being scored. Your reaction to a big weekend for the locals next. Stay with us.
4: The new zone lineup is here up, with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson Scotty from noon to 3. And then The Zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com.
0: Hot Tix or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR at 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. That was a lot of scoring, PK. That was a lot of winning. 44 points for the Utes. 51 for the Aggies, 66 for the Cougars. 161 points, an average of almost 53 per game between the three of them. can't yeah, have between three. Between can only be two. I can never get that right. You know that, thank goodness.
15: It's, you well, did. it's like a f- I got a fence post, right? Uh-huh. And I got one here, and I got one there, and then I got the one in the middle.
0: That could so be, be it. It's between the Why two. Why didn't you give me that before? I might be able to <laughs> hold on to that. I've been hopeless on between and among. Year after year after year. I might finally have it now. That's a lot of winning. Your reaction to a weekend full of touchdowns and victories ain't life grand. (laughs) Losing draws more reaction than winning.
15: Mm-hmm. I think it draws more passion, and it's obviously from the angry side. Anything, it's, it's it's like anything though, you know. the 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 small minority they claim are the loudest. I don't know necessarily it's the minority. I would uh, depend on what the topic is but I think the negative draws. It's the idea of dog bites man is not news. Man bites dog is news. And that's what draws. We see it all over the place, especially in today's world in our politics. And you're hypocritical. No, you're hypocritical. Well, wait a second. Let's go, Brandon. Well, why? why how dare you? Well, F you, Trump. How dare you? I mean, we can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's what s- stirs up the emotion and the passion. Hence, why PK has a job. <laughs> <laughs> so when you win, it, it, it's fun, but it doesn't... I don't know that it gets the blood boiling, you know? The, it's, the, it's the negative that gets the blood boiling. And when you stink, when you blow it, that gets you extremely fired up and all that stuff. Whereas if you win... Particularly in the case of BYU or uh, Utah and Utah State, they're trying to win a division. And then if they win a division, they're trying to win a conference. So beating a team for, in the Utes case, that has a freshman quarterback starting his first game, well, you're supposed to win. You've been basically gifted four wins out of the nine conference games this year. Sweet! Right? Take them. Take them. But, you know, you didn't have DeLore for Washington State. You didn't have DTR, DTR for the Bruins. And you played uh, Colorado and Arizona. It's a crappy league and a crappy division.
0: But that's not your problem. It's not. Your job is to go win games. No,
15: and I can argue yeah. Cam Rising is the best quarterback in a conference. I, I, I can make a strong, strong statement that he's the best quarterback in a conference, so they can't really get excited big pitcher-wise because you didn't win anything yet. If you would have lost, wow, man, that's really going to hurt our chances and all. Now, Mm. I, I believe they're going to win the division, and I think they've got an excellent chance to go to the Rose Bowl. I've been saying that for weeks. Nothing has changed that has allowed me to change or forced me to change my mind. So, by winning, okay, yeah, and I think most fans realize, hey, that garbage kid looked pretty good, but you come into Rice-Eccles late on a, fr- a Saturday night, a freshman making his first start, uh, you're probably not going to win that. You know, check back in two
0: years. Maybe, you know, he looked pretty good, I thought, but he's just a freshman. He did, but he was going to have to be very good yeah. the whole game to win that game because on the other side of the ball, the youth were pushing UCLA around, UCLA around and scoring pretty easily. So he could have had a really good game as an experienced yeah. junior, which I think he will down the line. And lost that night. Yeah, I think yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked, did. Look like. Uh, I
15: mean, they just got a commitment from a kid out of Inglewood who's a four star, if you believe all that. So I don't even know if, who's going to be starting. And Garbers is already on his second school. So who's to say what's going to happen? Uh, but nevertheless, then they've they've had opportunities to take advantage, and they have taken advantage. So, I think if they would have lost, you would have had Ute fans. Of course, that would have been their second loss in a row, and people would have been furious. Oh, yeah. They would
0: have been. It, they it would have, been. have... The storyline would have been so different. Like, ASU lost. The opportunity was right there for the take You let ASU off the hook. You let UCLA back in the race. Yeah, all I don't, I, 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 Although, now, I disagree with all that. I think now, they they're gonna, completely in charge.
15: I thought they were completely in charge all along. Uh, when you win and they both lose, but there was you're more in charger. There was no doubt in my mind that they were going to beat UC Los Angeles, and there's no doubt in my mind that ASU is going to lose two or three games to go. I mean, in thirty-five years, they've won eight games in the regular season seven times. It's a one in five shot. <laughs> so they're not, yeah, they're not that good. I mean, as I said with Herm when he was hired, they're. He's going to do no worse or no better than they've been since Cush Cooper left, I guess. Cush had it going on, and then Cooper had it going on. And then since then, the mid-80s, they've been mediocre as can be. So I felt like—and I don't know if the Utes are going to go undefeated the rest of the way. But I don't—if your goal is to win the division, then it really doesn't matter what your record is.
0: In November— Utah against Oregon is that going to be the only game in which one of these three teams is not favored? I think I think the locals are going to be favored <laughs> again and again and again. And again. <laughs> <laughs> They've all I got a chance here to run the table. I don't care what the lines are; the lines are irrelevant.
15: Uh, I, a, are they favored? I'm, I'm not. You're a numbers guy. I'm not. I'm a passion guy and play to to play well and all that stuff. I don't care. They've got an excellent chance to beat Oregon, whether they're favored or not favored. It doesn't matter uh, to me. Favored favored doesn't do anything. I don't put any money out on the game, so it's it, that that's irrelevant. Uh, they've got an excellent chance to go to the Rose Bowl. The I- ironic part is that I don't think this team is near as good as 2019, but I think they've got a way better chance to go to the Rose Bowl. Far better than what they had. Now, of course, I have retrospect knowing that they got worked In that uh, conference title game against Oregon. So I obviously have some bias there.
0: But we knew that Oregon team was really good. I knew Herbert was very good. Yeah, there was no surprise. NFL quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And experienced at the peak of his.
15: Thibodeau is like uh, LeBron James in college football. (laughs) I mean, he knew he was going to go professional from at such a young age. And he was just a freshman. But he just, uh, he reached havoc all over the field. Uh, two years ago. I don't even know if he's gonna play this year uh, Because now if you got any type of injury sit out son who cares if you go to the Rose Bowl Don't screw up. What's going to be a massive massive payday for you in a few months So it's a different story back then. He was trying to prove himself now uh, already proven Don't do anything that is gonna hurt you I wouldn't even if to me if he just said uh, because he's had a couple injuries and if he just said hey, I'm out, man (laughs) Uh, Because he's got uh, a huge payday coming in the spring. There's no doubt about it. So it's a different Oregon team Uh, very much beatable and if the Utes don't turn the ball over I think they beat Oregon in Vegas in uh, about uh, 34 days I think they're going to the Rose Bowl this year. Rose Bowl. I've been, I've been saying it for weeks. Going to beat them twice? It doesn't matter. You don't have to. You don't. You only have to beat them once. And if they don't, if they don't turn the ball over in Vegas on that, uh, we're now four weeks away, a little more than four weeks away, they're going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I believe it. Pasadena. And I've been saying it for weeks. January 1st. As I evaluate this conference, this is the one conference that I feel very confident in knowing. Uh, I'm I'm not Yogi Roth over here. (laughs) I'm I'm not saying that, but I feel like I I I know this conference, and I think they've got an excellent chance. I don't know that they'll do it, but I think they have an excellent chance. And they could blow it. They go like you you get beat. You don't have to blow it to get beat. Sometimes teams just beat you because they're a little bit better. I mean that that's that's the way it goes you can have a hard-fought game and a team can beat there's a winner and loser in every game so uh, but if they take care of the ball which I believe their coach tends to emphasize uh, you uh, have a great shot you fans to find yourselves in Pasadena if you get the opportunity again it doesn't really matter what your record is who cares Yeah. as long as you're there in your uh, ice uh, Michigan State, I guess?
0: That would they be running out against? Maybe? Well, Michigan State might be in a playoff. I mean, is Big Ten going to get a team in? I would assume so. Yeah, and it's going to be Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to find a way to let them in. No, Ohio State's going to win out. Yeah. They're 7-1. and one. Yeah. But Michigan State could end up... Uh, BFD. <laughs> it's Ohio State. Yeah. Come on, man. You think the Big Ten gets two in? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> then Michigan State, because Penn State got a third loss. Yeah. Michigan State beat Michigan now. Yeah, if Michigan could beat Ohio State, maybe that would be different. But Harbaugh doesn't win those games. No. Uh, so no, this is board uh, about can Michigan State beat Ohio State and give them their second loss, yeah. punch their own ticket to the ball. Then we'd have we'd have a uh, we'd have conflict in my household, not so much our household, but extended
15: household. Brother and son, big Michigan State fans, all that stuff. A few years back, they were up in town. Ta- they were in town. And I think they were playing in the, I don't know what bowl game they were playing in, but it was New Year's Day. And my nephew was, uh, they were getting blown out. And his young younger brother was already at Snowbird because he couldn't pass up the opportunity to go snowboarding. But Nick wanted to go, but he didn't want to go. And then I said, well, you can watch the game. And then if the game gets out of hand, I can bring you up there. It's just up the street. You know, it's 10 miles from my front door to their front door. No problem. So he wanted to leave like three times, but he could never pull himself away. (laughs) (laughs) And they came back and won the game. And it was so fun to watch him being so into it. Because I never had a son who was into sports. So I I, I couldn't uh, grasp what that was about. And so he was living and dying, and they came back, and, and they won the game. Uh, I can't even remember the guy. I know it was New Year's Day, and then I ran him up there right afterward. <laughs> and then they, they – uh, that must have been Brighton because they uh, did uh, night skiing too, uh, or snowboarding in this case. Uh, so we got a little Michigan State in the background. But we'll worry about that then, you know. And then just the fact of getting there would be a, a, an excellent accomplishment. And I don't care if the division is down, if the conference is down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In fact, right now, to me, and I have bias, obviously, but I would consider them the favorite out of the conference to get to the Rose Bowl. If you want to go favored, I would consider them the favorite.
0: You just told me that stuff doesn't
15: matter and doesn't get you anything, and now you're doing it. If you want to go, that's, I'm, I'm talking about my confidence level in the Utes being able to do it.
0: It's very, very high. You're not worried about Oregon being good in close games. They're not dominant. They're not blowing enough people out to have that fear that you know. Two years ago, that was a really good Oregon team, but this team is four and one in close games, and they're getting knocked for playing close and games. Don't play a
15: close game. Don't okay. take care of that. They just
0: run them off the field, or like Stanford, beat them in a the close game. Stanford See, got them. So it was
15: to me. It was about. Surprising. It's about Utah. It's not about Oregon, and it is, it's it's a Oregon to an to an extent. But I've been saying all along that the Utes this year was an extension of last year. So the experience that the younger kids were supposed to get last year, they only got a taste of it. Well, now, when we get to the Oregon game, they will have almost the entire season. And then if you get to the Oregon game the second time, you will have an entire season. So I'm counting on those fellows progressing uh, at the pace that I thought they were going to And I thought maybe they would jump on it a little earlier than they did. But you can see improvement. And rising has made a massive difference. You can say what you want. We can have fun. The other guy, this, that, the spring game, blah, blah, blah. But I was on the rising bandwagon much, much, way before. You screamed at me. Not scream. That's not your style. But my style is to scream. But you should say, you should tell Kyle, yeah, I should have. I should have. Not that he would have listened. (laughs) But they were wrong. They made the wrong choice. It happens. Nobody's infallible. That's a true story.
0: And they made the wrong choice. And they've got to get the rest of the team, or I guess keep the rest of the team where they are. The rest of the team's fine. Now, I mean, the D-line has been an issue. It's why they lost to Oregon State. It was a big factor in that loss. And Kiowa, after the game, was... In the locker room, hollering about physicality. And the O line pushing oh, people man. around. Eh, we know what he's going to say. The D line, well, the O line hasn't always pushed people around. The D line hasn't always held their ground. Yeah, but you're playing UC Los Angeles. They're powder blue soft. <laughs> <laughs> I can push them around. Who was who the first team to dump on them for being powder blue soft? Is that way back, like the, the 50s or something? Did somebody do that? I don't know. Red Sanders is like, leave them, let's go in the but national they, title. They, this
15: is who they are. When you
0: have a 40-year track record, it's not a fluke. It is not. <laughs> so, and it's the same thing here. And it's been 40 years since UCLA had it going. 20 years since they won the league. And it's super tough guy up there. Yeah,
15: so the, the Lions need some development. Uh, But as I look forward, look going forward, there's nobody the rest of the way that, wow, man, I'm really worried about these guys losing this game. And they may lose a game, but it doesn't matter. They're still going to win the division. The teams below them aren't nearly as good as they would like to be.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We already checked in with Samson Nakua. The Utes' Nick Ford will be along at 9 o'clock. Aggie head coach Blake Anderson at 930 right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Question of the day. Ain't live grand. Utah, Utah State, and BYU all rolling to victory on Saturday. The close game was BYU's 17-pointer, and we had Puka on saying we could have scored more. Actually, I had Samson Nikuon. Excuse me, Samson on saying we could have scored more. But Puka
15: probably would have said the same. Right. Kai would have probably said it, too. I don't know if they got any other brothers besides them.
0: Coach eased up there at the Chris end. Chris
15: Peterson probably would have said that, too. He coached, did he coach Puka? Yeah. I think he did for one season, yeah.
0: Washington should be SC's coach, but that's another story. Mike says, "What about Weber?" Brian says, "Weber stayed won 2 They did. Kevin says, "That's what I was going to say. Weber stayed over Idaho state." I think. It's true, that's what it was. Yes, Weber got 40 as well and a win. Jay says, "If only the Jazz would have won. It would have been a perfect weekend."
15: And they did win. They won and beat some watered-down
0: Milwaukee team. Missing three guys. And their second best player, and the third best player, and the fourth best player. <laughs> but Giannis was there. He was. But that wasn't enough. No. So the Jazz are tied for the best record in the West. And they got the tiebreaker, just like the Utes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the tiebreaker. They haven't played the Warriors yet. Regardless. No tiebreaker to be had as of yet. That comes later. Well, yeah, but the Utes are going to the Bay Area this week, so it ties in. That's where the Warriors are from. And the
15: Warriors moved on the other side, the west side, so it's where they're way closer to Stanford than they used to be (laughs) when they're on the east side. Think
0: about it. Sadly, I am. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Geography. You can hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. So it wasn't a perfect weekend. But it was, yes, it was awfully close for those football teams. For those football teams, it was. Jules says the Y sure got its fair share of close calls. Yeah, without the refs, they, they lose that game, man. Robert says they got the shaft on some of those interference calls. Oh, come on, man. The only the only
15: team that got the shaft this weekend was RSL. Pablo was pissed. He was.
0: <laughs> After the game, man.
15: <laughs> so wait,
0: he... wait for the email about it, the fine later today.
15: Get somebody in between them, man. This is this, potentially this potential get ugly here.
0: Push him away. Game's over. Albert Rusnik came in and did exactly know, but that. Was a late. Was, he was a little late. He was a little late to the party. I was, I was, I was getting party. a little
15: nervous there for a second. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, if you don't turn and walk away when the game's over, you want to shake hands, whatever. Uh, but if you're if you don't then walk away. Once the
0: feet stop, yeah, yeah then yeah. the trouble begins. Yeah, yeah. If the feet keep going, you can shake hands, say something, but the feet need to keep moving. I mean, I wasn't thinking Petke here I was going to drop him, <laughs>
11: but <laughs> that uh, was.
0: A little.
15: <laughs> but I was starting to get a little nervous there
11: uh,
15: about that because uh, nothing nothing good is going to come from that uh, at that in that moment. I understand the frustration, and I respect it and appreciate it because it was a, a screwed-up game for them. But uh, I didn't see any calls in the BYU game that really made a difference in terms of that. I and mean, very rarely do you see calls, and at least for me anyway, you can think otherwise, whoever you are, uh, thinking that it is going to be decisive. I mean, there's calls that are blown. Yeah, But that's, that's it. I, I actually like that. I like that because then you have to play through it and it creates controversy and it
0: creates talking points and it's good for me and our business. That one ended when Armstrong threw the pick and and was hit, reaching for his ribs both before and after the pick, which he didn't really throw it. He kind of flicked the ball mm-hmm. out there. It was, well, it was clear something was wrong. Yeah.
15: I was thinking, is Armstrong the first quarterback that Broncos ever coached who uh, wears an earring while he plays?
0: I don't know about all those other quarterbacks in Virginia, but yeah, to go to your BYU days, <laughs> yes. Perkins, did Perkins wear,
15: wear, an, wear an earring?
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think he did.
15: He's a Chandler kid, much like uh, Conover. Is Conover wearing an earring?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at you go. <laughs> All right, DJ PK, coming up, what is trending next? Yes, a little later than usual because we had Samson Nakua at 7, but we'll get to everything in the NFL, college football, youth Cougars, Aggies, and the Jazz win. We will do that next. Nick Ford at 9, Blake Anderson, Aggie coach at 930. Stay with us.
4: Your day is just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending.
11: Are you ready? ready. On 97.5,
4: 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
11: Yeah.
4: Hashtag NFL. Shotgun snap to Herbert. Rears back, Fire. pass, is intercepted by Phillips.
1: He pumps. He fires for the end zone. And it's juggled in the back of the end zone.
15: What do they call? Touchdown, Pittsburgh. Brett Bremuth, the Penn State rookie,
4: pulled it in on a combat catch. Randy Bullock, 10th-year man out of Texas A&M. Out of the hole to Brett Turner. Snap. Set. Kick. Goal! Yes! That was so good! Randy Bullock and the Titans with a treat at Lucas Oil Second and ten. Stafford from the
3: gun. Looking right. Throwing. End zone. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown L.A. Rushing the gun from the five. Snap is back. Looking left. Fade. Left side. Cooper.
0: PK, there were some teams that got off to really nice starts in the NFL, got to Halloween with only loss, a loss or two, and laid an egg. And then there were a couple teams, man, win with your backup quarterback. Or in the case of the Saints, your third string quarterback. Saints beat the Bucks 36-27. Jameis Winston. Potentially season-ending knee injury. It didn't look good. They're worried about the ACL and MCL. We'll hear later today. Cowboys beat the Vikings 2016. Cooper Rush. Filling in for Dak Prescott, throwing for 325 yards and two scores. Those are two good wins for those teams right there. The Saints staying in the NFC South race with that win. And the Cowboys looking looking good, running away with the NFCs. Yeah, I don't even think they need that. They needed that game. Probably didn't. But obviously it was a nice to get with uh Dak out. Those are the two teams that ought to be feeling really good right now. They're the teams that blew it and probably don't feel nearly as good. The Chargers lost at home to the Patriots 27-24 so they fall to 4-3. The uh, Bengals lost to the Jets, blew a late lead. Mike White, three touchdown passes, couple of late scores for the Jets to come back and beat the Bengals. Uh 34-31. Uh-oh, it's over? Mike (laughs) White seizes the job. Wally Pip Another New York story. Well, the uh, world
15: of sports is a lot different in those days. uh, You couldn't move. So, but uh, obviously White deserves an opportunity to play. I mean, he looked great. I was uh, watching that game a little bit on the ticket and throwing for 400 yards. He's been around a little bit. had not have a lot of playing experience, but he's bounced around. And... Boy, he sure looked good, man. Obviously, he's going to start this week. Zach's hurt anyway, so there's, it's not like it's a quarterback controversy now. But this is White's opportunity to seize the job. You put together two or three of these, to me, it's like the Cam Rising deal. Uh, yeah, Utah's offensive line sucked. Okay, it wasn't any better in the second half against San Diego State. He played with the same offensive line, so it was clear that you looked at Brewer in the first half against San State and the rising in the second half against San State. Who was better? Well, it was obvious. And who is better? I'm not saying White is to that point, but it's not like their line and everything else for the Jets got all of a sudden
0: got way better because I thought Cincinnati's an emerging team. That's why it's such a bad loss for the Bengals. And for the Jets, it'll be a short turnaround. They'll get the Colts on Thursday night at Indianapolis. Man, the Colts made a mess. They had the Titans on the ropes. The Titans should have been on a list of this list of teams taking bad losses. But Carson Wentz with a couple of brutal blunders late in the game in the fourth quarter. Instead of taking the safety, throws a left-handed pass. Just Guy was a, open, though. <laughs> a two-yard interception return. <laughs> then after they trade putts in overtime, he throws another pick that sets up the game-winning field goal. I could live with that one,
15: trying to make a play. The other one was stupid. And now they're saying that Derek Henley's suffered a potentially season-ending foot injury yep. for the Titans. So,
0: obviously, he's a significant part of their offense. Titans win 34-31, but no Derek Henry. That would obviously be a big, big hit to their uh their hopes this year. There were teams that are good, that played like they're good and took care of business. The Rams beat the Texans 38-22. They're up 38-0. The Texans got some scores late. so The Rams 7-1 now, tied with the Packers and the Cardinals for the best record in the NFL. The Steelers within a game of the division lead. You buying it? They beat the Browns 15-10. They're 4-3. Ravens are 5-2. Bengals obviously coming back to the pack a little bit now. They're 5-3. Sure, I'm not going to rule the Steelers out until they're out. Bills took care of business. It was close for a while, but second half, they take charge. They beat the Dolphins 26-11. to 11. Monday Night Football, it's the Giants and the Chiefs. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. Calvin Ridley announced Sunday he is stepping away from football at this time to focus on his mental health. He missed his second straight game for a personal matter. Not expected to be season-ending, expected to be back, but he's missed a couple of games here. DJ and PK.
4: Hashtag Utah State.
0: Aggies take another step towards the division title. They beat Hawaii 51-31. First time it didn't require drama in the rally. Look at them get up by 30 points and win by 20. They did have to return an onside kick for a touchdown late. And Blake Anderson will join us. We'll see if he's mellowed at all from his post-game comments Saturday. He was not happy to let Hawaii back in the game, but typical. Logan Bonner, 360 yards passing, four touchdowns. They did a lot of things right, and they rolled. Now it's New Mexico State. Want to take a shot at the line for that game? 47. (laughs) 47. Uh, I'll go 23 and a half. 17. Healthy. Aggies versus the Aggies Saturday afternoon in Las Cruces. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. The Utes roll UCLA 44-24. Davion Thomas, 160 yards rushing, four scores. Cam Rising adds a couple of touchdowns. Utes burst out the score in their first four possessions. Four touchdowns, four possessions, and they were in charge the rest of the way. Improved to 5-3 and three on the year and 4-1 and one in the division. Got anything you can nitpick about that game? Nah. It was all good. Right down to Cam Rising's pooch punt. Yeah, that was nice. That was obviously. Kyle good. said after the game he was a high school punter, so they knew he could do it. Downed one punt at the six and one at the nine. Add it down.
15: Sure, yeah. I mean, something to think about. Uh, but, you know, that's the first time they did it, so now people are going to be aware of it. But I just don't know that the competition really matters.
0: They're going to go in that Oregon game, and it's not going to matter. I think you're right about that. I, tell you, I looked at the schedules yesterday. Utah ought to beat Stanford. Stanford's lost three in a row and four out of five. Your outlier theory, Stanford wins a win over Oregon, fits that perfectly. They've got one and four in the last five games, but they beat Oregon. That makes no sense. It's a Pac-12. So, yes, it does. There you go. Want to take a shot at the line for this one? Six and a half. Or six, depending on where you look. You get a win for that. That's a W right there. Bingo! Well, I looked at uh, the Castaways in Vegas. Really? It's no
15: longer there. My parents used to love that hotel. <laughs> the Castaways? <laughs> I never even heard of it. It's, it was a small one. It was on the strip. Hmm. The doors open to the outside, but they had a
0: little small casino. What does the doors open to the outside mean?
15: Well, as a, a hotel. Oh, the I see what you're saying. As opposed I see to what them. you're saying.
0: So it was basically it was a motel. Yeah, if you want to call it
15: that, but it wasn't. It was a little bit nicer. Okay, but uh, she, when we first started going to Vegas in the seventies, which was like every other weekend, <laughs> <laughs> to gamble—that's the number one thinks. So he used to stay at the Castaways dragging
0: your young butt up there. You're coming along. Oh yeah, yeah. Spent <laughs> so a lot of time in Vegas. DJ and PK.
4: Hashtag BYU.
0: It was a wild game. BYU eventually wins it, 66-49. They were up 21 to nothing, and they were 28-7, and then suddenly they were down at halftime, 42-38. But they win the second half, 28-7. They win the game 66-49. Most points they've scored in 20 years, and the Cougars improved to 7-2. Tyler Algier an eye-popping, career-best, 266 yards and five touchdowns. Video game numbers. dragon people. Jaron Hall, 391 yards and four total touchdowns for him. Massive stats. I think sometimes things come too easy, and it actually is
15: detrimental. We saw it a week ago with uh, Utes and Oregon State going up 14-0. And then we see here going up 21-0. Now, they didn't lose the game, but obviously last week the Utes did. And then Oregon State ready to build them up, and turn around and get beat by Cal. And that's why I didn't, I don't think Oregon State. I don't really think there's a good team, a great team in this conference. But sometimes things come easy for teams, and then you have to regroup. And the good thing for BYU is they did regroup.
0: BYU moving up eight spots in the poll. They are 17th in the AP poll, back in the coaches poll at number 20. And everybody will stop talking about those polls because tomorrow night the rankings come out for college football, and then that'll be the number everybody goes with going forward. DJ and PK.
4: Hashtag college football. The handoff to Kenneth Walker blows through the Wolverine. That. on Look his at feet that. at the 10 he's into the end zone here's a little toss to Uh-oh. abram smith spins out of a tackle he's to Uh-oh. the 25 to he's
8: the gone. 20 to the 15 to the 10 to the 5 abram smith into the end zone
6: yes touchdown
8: abram smith
4: back to throw brown little pressure hit but throws and it is caught for the touchdown
0: First of all, what a throw, and then what a catch by Troy Franklin. Jones from two yards deep in his end zone, right between the hash marks, moves up the middle. Marcus Jones to the 25, to the 30, breaks
15: outside to the 35. Marcus Jones at
11: midfield. Marcus Jones is going to take it to the house. Touchdown, Houston.
0: Houston beats SMU with a game-winning kickoff return. If you've just tied the game up, should you really kick it deep to the All-American? I don't know.
15: They say squib kick it, uh, but then they, they squib kick it and they return it to the
0: uh, your 40. Make a play. Did not make a play. Houston gets the win. SMU gets their first loss. And is SMU's coach headed to TCU? Because Gary Patterson is out at TCU after 20 no. years. School announced it last night. Well, that'd be across town for uh, Dykes, but I think he could do better than that. Why well, go from SMU to TCU? LSU? USC? Who you got in mind? Texas Tech.
15: Is Texas Tech better than TCU? I would argue no. I would argue no. I'd rather well. live in Fort Worth. I've, well, I've I'm, I'm not been to Lug, Lubbock, but our former producer Terry Smith South did for two years, if you get my drift, and he told us
0: a lot about it. He did. <laughs> and based on what Terry South told me, I would opt for the
15: Metroplex. And I've been to Fort Worth. Yeah. And TCU's campus several times over the years because I used to be in the conference. So I was there for basketball and football, uh, and so I would rather live there. But Dykes is a uh, is a is a commodity. You know, he she coached at Cal, obviously had prolific offenses there. So, but he's a Texan. So I'm not sure, but it's better to have options than to not. And maybe he just stays at SMU. Maybe he's fine there.
0: Michigan State beats Michigan. They rally. Harbaugh, he won big games at Stanford. Got to a Super Bowl with the Niners. Didn't win it. But, man, winning the big games at Michigan has eluded him. And they had the lead. They were in a good spot. But Michigan State comes back and wins the game. Yeah. Great game. Ohio State, 7-1 and one now. So we just labeled the Oregon game a fluke. Or Ohio well, State's still man, vulnerable. Yeah, you
15: get beat, man. You get beat. Things happen. It's the college kids. You lose a game. It's not It's not that surprising.
0: But you had Michigan State to the Rose Bowl, which means Ohio State to the playoffs. So you got Ohio State taking Michigan State down. They play the next to last week of the season. Ohio State closes with Michigan State and Michigan on consecutive weeks. Well, go Michigan to Michigan State. <laughs> there you go. Oregon, number seven, Oregon, took care of Colorado, fifty-two to twenty-nine. Anthony Brown throws for three hundred seven yards and three scores as Oregon beats Colorado because everybody's supposed to beat Colorado. Colorado won the money game and they beat Arizona. Well, at
15: least Colorado and Arizona showed a little bit this week. They didn't roll over and die.
0: USC star, wide receiver, Drake London, one of the top receivers in the country. Potential first-round, probable first-round NFL draft pick. But now, fractured ankle out for the rest of the season. And that's the argument for uh, when you're talking about Thibodeau, does he really want to play all the way through the season here? He's already had a couple injuries. Yeah, if he decides to step away, man. Can't blame
15: him. I can at all. Uh, Drake London's a star, and it sucks. Get yourself healthy. Uh, my boy, I don't even know what grade he's in. Is he draft eligible?
5: He is. He's a junior.
15: Then get out of there, man. Especially with a new coach and blah, blah, blah. Go go make money.
0: Down to six undefeated teams now. Texas San Antonio announced a long-term extension for coach Jeff Trailer on Sunday. A $28 million deal that runs through 2031. Which is meaningless. They've done what they can, but when bigger schools come calling with more money. Yeah. He's already on the list at Texas Tech.
5: But to get, for them to give him 2.8 million is pretty impressive for that level.
0: And and for that length. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing what they can. Yeah. But, but somebody else can come walking in with four, five, or six exactly. million dollars. Bye bye. There you go. DJ and PK.
4: Hashtag Utah Jazz. Portis bumping. Backing O'Neal. Round ball robbery. Here comes Royce. On the run. Big steps to the rack. Left hand finish at the cup. Oh boy. Royce O'Neal flexing back the other way and should be. What a defensive night he's having. And he rips one from Portis. Takes it coast to coast. And the Jazz are up 13. Timeout Mike Budenholzer. And that's defense. Wow. Fanasas drives it. Gobert swatted by Rudy. This is a real opportunity for the Jazz right now. Ingles for three. Pow! Blocked out of the air by Whiteside. He came from nowhere and got his hands up and blocked the big one. He grins and smiles going back the other way as Donovan rises and fires for three.
0: Pow! Jazz beat the Bucks, 107-95. Not all of the Bucs were there. Giannis onto the Kempo play, but Chris Middleton was out with a non-COVID illness and then they were also missing Drew Holiday. He's got an ankle issue, and Lopez. Lopez was out. Well, Lopez only played one game this year, so missing three key guys. The Jazz get the win. They bounce back from the loss to the Bulls on Saturday when they didn't have Mike Conley, not playing him in back-to-backs this year. So he rested on Saturday, and they get the win on Sunday. Five and one, tied with the Warriors for the best record in the West, and there's four teams in the East that are off to a five and one start as well.
15: Yeah, well that's a great water down Milwaukee team, so they should win, and they did. And I liked a little background on
0: Whiteside. He came from nowhere. I don't know his background. <laughs> I think that was on the court. Oh. The guy looked oh. like he was wide open all of a oh. sudden. There's Whiteside swatting the thing away. Oh, I've uh, an impoverished background, and I don't know. He came from nowhere. Wide open, and
15: suddenly. Whiteside the <laughs> block shot. Ah, oh, and the most disappointing thing is the streak. 99 99
0: straight for Jordan Clarkson. His postgame answer was hilarious. He's a deadpanner anyway. He is. His first question, well, he might as well ask the obvious. Tony Jones said, what about, you know, your reaction? Do you have any any reaction to the end of the streak? Long pause. Long pause. No. (laughs) That bleep's over. (laughs) Time to start a new one. I mean, it doesn't really matter. No. He's and not shooting it, the ball well. No, is this streak really impressive? If you continue it by going one for eight, I mean, you still have the streak, but it's one for eight. Well, and he knows he can shoot the ball better than that. We know he can shoot the ball better than that. I actually like it though that they're winning and yeah. they're not shooting the ball. Well.
15: I don't. Yeah, I mean, they came out and hit what their first five or six threes six yesterday. Or seven. Yeah. So I mean, that was you knew that wasn't going to last. There's no way. But I, I like the fact that. Mitchell hasn't really found his groove consistently Clark's Clarkson on Saturday you know he can he can weave his way and pump fake and go over his left shoulder and get to the hoop and but yet they weren't falling and you could you could almost feel the frustration through the television uh, but yeah you know, the Bulls got a decent team this year good for them uh, so don't be in a
0: situation where you're just making all your shots now anyway I'm fine with it Jazz are five and one. Donovan Mitchell is shooting thirty one percent from the three point line. He's shooting forty percent from the floor, and we're all expecting both of those numbers to go up. Right. Quinn in the post game said, "We're not shooting it well as a team." No. But they're five and one. Now they haven't played the toughest schedule, so that's a part mm-hmm. of it. But they're going to really, shoot it better. Yeah. I don't worry about the scheduling. It's at the pro level. DJ and PK.
15: Hashtag NBA.
4: Ball, high screen from Plumlee. He'll use it. The runner on its way. It's good. LaMelo Ball. Between his legs, dribbled it off his foot, and it's into the backcourt, and they're going to say it's deflected by Thompson, so we play on with three seconds to shoot and two, and from the circle he fires and he hits. You have got to be kidding me. Russ. All the way to the
0: basket, counted in the face. Highlights from Sunday action. You have the Lakers beating the Rockets 95-85. Westbrook had 20 points in the win as the Lakers beat one of the worst teams in the league. Luka Doncic from the logo, 40-footer to beat the shot clock. Dallas's big lead was down to three against Sacramento, but he hits that. They go on to win 105-99. The Kings lose that game, and they will be here in Utah to play the Jazz Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And also you heard the Hornets beat the Blazers Lamella Ball, 27 points in Charlotte's win. You checked the box score to see how the Blazer guard shot it in that game, PK? Oh, Lillard sucked. Horrible numbers. Struggling as bad as I think we've ever seen him struggle. It's over for him. I've been saying that for a while. You have? No. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, Damian Lillard, 5 of 20 from the floor and 2 of 14 from 3. He finishes with 14 points and Portland gets beat there. Draymond Green, among those who liked him to officiate in the NBA so far this season. He's a defensive minded guy, doesn't like offensive players initiating contact and flailing away trying to draw fouls. Can I also say how satisfying it's been to watch the game of basketball without all those BS calls? I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to curse in interviews, right? Can I say how satisfying it is to watch the game without all those terrible calls? Guys cheating the game and grabbing guys and getting a foul, I agree. I've been really enjoying watching basketball this year. Kerr said that the other day. I agreed with him. We don't. We're not here to see the free throws. If you well, foul them, you foul them. Yeah, but and, you can't create the free throws.
15: And the league's players are going to try to find an advantage. You can remember Kobe. I told this story, talking about he knew where to go on the floor. Based on where the referees were on the floor, because he knew they had certain blind spots as they did their three person rotation. And I think he was talking about he knew he could get to the left elbow and nudge the f- the defender a little bit because where the
0: referees were, they couldn't see it as well. And actually, you can totally, <laughs> once he tells you that, it wouldn't yeah. occur to us. We're like, well, if he's at the left elbow, yeah. he's got the defender, his body is blocking the guy on the sideline. But the defender's body is blocking whoever the ref is on the baseline.
15: Yeah, and so they're studying this and these guys are smart dudes by and large, so they're figuring stuff out to get advantages. And that to me, that's gamesmanship as opposed to cheating. And so clean it up when you can, because fans, as you say, nobody wants that. And they did that to harden sway and the three, you know, he got three point shot. Come on. So the league is smart to look for ways to improve the game. DJ and PK.
4: Hashtag Major League Baseball. First pitch to Adam. Swung on with a fly ball to deep right. That's carrying
0: back there to the wall. Grand slam! Another curve. Pulls it through the left side. That's a base hit. Tucker around third base. Throw in. Not in time. Astros lead 8-5. to five And a clutch hit with two outs for the machete.
4: And Carlos drives this in the left for a base hit. Altuve can walk home, and the Astros have
0: a 9-5 lead. Correa's third hit and second RBI. Houston Astros had not been hitting the ball in Atlanta. Two runs on ten hits combined in games three and four. Facing elimination, they start swinging the bats again. Gave up the grand slam in the first, but outscored the Braves 9-1 the rest of the way and win 9-5. So we will have a Game 6 tomorrow night in Houston.
15: Yeah, well, they hit the slam, and I was watching that game, and then the uh, Strohs come back with two in the next uh, very next at-bat, top of the second. I said to my wife, uh-oh, it's going to be one of these games. You just feel it, that there was going to be a lot of twists and turns. There's going to be high scoring. I thought I was watching Virginia and BYU.
0: Ah. Uh, aha! <laughs> All right, on to Houston. Game 6 tomorrow night. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL scored early, had a couple more chances to go up 2-0. One player said after the game they didn't really want to be there. If we'd scored the second or third goal, it could have been 6-0. Instead, they don't score. Their goalkeeper made a couple of big saves, and San Jose wins 4-3. RSL's playoff hopes taking a big hit. Minnesota won yesterday, so they are out of the playoff picture right now. Hmm. When's the playoffs start? They got two more games, and then it's on to the postseason. They play Wednesday and Sunday. There'll be a break for international play, though, so I think it's three weeks, two and a half weeks. It's a midweek start. But RSL is going to have to beat some of the best teams in the league if they're going to get there, because they got Portland at home Wednesday and then at Kansas City Sunday. Go figure. Seems like a long shot now. The games that were there for the taking, Austin, Chicago, San Jose, all missing the playoffs. And they lost all three of them. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Samson Nakua. BYU wide receiver joined us at 7 o'clock. Nick Ford, the Utah offensive lineman, will join us at 9 o'clock. And the Aggies head coach, Blake Anderson, will be here at 9.30 on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
4: It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. huh
11: uh-huh.
4: The Aggies take a break from Mountain West Conference play for a trip to New Mexico for a showdown against New Mexico State. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday beginning with the Aggie pregame show at 1. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: TJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everybody wins, PK. Everybody scores a lot of points. There is much joy and very little outrage. Right. Winning, winning, and more winning. And you look ahead to November, everybody's got a couple cupcakes on their schedule. There ought to be more winning. Utah State should handle both New Mexico and New Mexico State. Got New Mexico State this week. The Utah to handle Arizona, and they ought to handle Colorado. And BYU's got Idaho State, a bye week, and Georgia Southern. So that's a couple weeks, and really three weeks to get anybody who's a little dinged up healthy for the USC game Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, I'd tell them to take
15: off November.
0: There's a lot of
15: wins. Go ahead to South to these teams. Beach. <laughs> Go to South Beach. Like LeBron did a few years back. Remember when he was with Cleveland. I need some me time. Have a nice Thanksgiving. See you Friday afterward, and we head down to Los Angeles. Playing a the Coliseum. Every Utah team wins in the Coliseum this year. I mean, if Utah did,
0: obviously BYU can, because BYU's better than Utah. Yeah, I said it. You got a final score on your side, so that helps. I know, but I'm willing to say it. I've They're better. Kid. Kid. I said it. You think they'd be better with your guy? I don't know who my guy is. Cam Rising! Oh, you don't know who your guy is. I could be Baylor Romney.
15: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going, <laughs> or my Arizona guy Conover. I don't know. My guy, your guy, would be. Oh, would the Utes be better than BYU with Cam Rising? Now that was Cam Rising then, as opposed to now, because you got to give the guy an opportunity. Um, hard to say.
0: Doesn't matter. Won't happen. Strictly theoretical.
15: Any freaking Dana Carvey over here doing George Bush? <laughs> yeah, I
0: wasn't, but I could be if you'd like.
15: <laughs>
0: Wouldn't be prudent. At uh, this so, <laughs> uh,
15: fact is, BYU, best team
0: in the state. How do you
15: argue that? Get you out of 17th,
0: you 17th in the country. Uh, 17th could be country. headed for the top ten. And I got a
15: lot of, uh, oh, yeah, so and they're still going to the Independence Bowl. Yep. Uh, so where are you going? The Alamo Bowl, if you don't go to the Rose Bowl. The Alamo Bowl. I've been to the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I had as much interest in being there
0: as the Utes did. hey <laughs> <laughs> That That was a weird game. <laughs> you and I were both there for that one. That game had a weird vibe.
15: Well, it was n- no different than the Holiday Bowl. There's, the bowls now have been the few haves and the rest are have-nots. And bowls that used to be haves are have-nots.
0: Yeah, the holiday used to be bowl. a big accomplishment holiday, to go to the holiday bowl. was a big deal, yeah. Big crowds. And, and yeah. now they're going to play in the baseball stadium. They're down there jackhammering concrete to wedge in a football field. But Northwestern was in the stadium the game was in for years. And it was half full. And that stadium was packed for a bunch of holiday bowls. Right. Yeah. So to criticize
15: BYU for going to the Independence Bowl, I, I was there when the Utes played in the fight, craft, hunger, Ooh,
0: first this craft, or that bowl. Fight, I don't is even know. Is that know the what Indiana the game are. in San Francisco? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that was, was a fun game. But hello, hello, hello. Yeah.
15: There couldn't have been 25,000 in that stadium. Beautiful stadium, best. I haven't been to a lot of NFL stadiums, but best NFL stadium I've been to.
0: They didn't play it last year. They're not playing it this year. Is it done?
15: I would think. Yeah, and Phillips hit a game-winning field goal. It was fun. Uh, the, the game was fun to uh, it was competitive. Be there, yeah. but. And and the first what was the Dallas game? There was like four hundred people
0: Ooh, there in the rain
15: in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. It's already, I couldn't even remember the name. December,
0: yeah, yeah. In the morning, wasn't it, it eleven a.m.? Yeah, all foggy and cold. And yeah. Awful, yeah. awful, not good. Awful. <laughs> yeah, six and six U team beating West Virginia, and West Virginia didn't bring their quarterback. <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not the worst game the Utes have played. The worst bowl game. Didn't they play at TCU Stadium against, like, Tulsa when they're in the Mountain West? Yeah, but that doesn't count. Oh, we're only going to Pac-12 era games? Mm, Right. Okay. Because you're independent versus
15: Pac-12. So I would be hesitant to criticize the Independence Bowl. If you're going to criticize the Independence Bowl, then you better open up to a lot of criticism.
0: Because you've been to some crappy bowls. So shut up. Uh, it, Plus, isn't it easier for BYU fans to deal with this now, knowing in two years? Yeah, Big but yeah, 12 this is what, I don't even know what all their bowls are, so what are you going to play there? Well, the um, other, They just they, they play in all the Texas games, so they anchor all those bowls. Going back to your point earlier about maybe two Big Ten teams in the college football playoff. Probably not, but, but maybe. if it were to play out that way, there's actually a machination in BYU's bowl contract that they could send them to the Cactus Bowl down there in, in Tempe. If the Big Ten runs out of teams? Yes. Oh. Then, worry about that if it happens. Yeah, yeah great. It's closer, and it's and, it's a also ran bowl just like we're talking. Yeah, I mean, about. it's a, it's, but they're mostly also ran bowls. Yes, I think they all are. There's two but, playoff games, but if you can play in Arizona versus Shreveport, a- and Louisiana. you
15: don't want that, I get that. Yeah, they, that that, but that has nothing to do with the bowl. That has everything to do with the location. Uh, it, it just uh, th- those games now. I don't even worry about them. Unless you're, if you go to the Rose Bowl, you just go to the Rose Bowl. Celebrate wildly, man. Go crazy. I'm all for it. And if you get into the playoff or the New Year's Day six, even to that, they don't mean what they used to. But at least that has some prestige the rest of them it's an opera the way i look at it it's an opportunity for the kids to be together one last time cuz everything changes and it changes more dramatically than ever now with transfers being available and grad transfers and coaches leaving and so forth and so on so it's an opportunity to get together uh, and that's it that that that's, that's the way i look at it but the game itself the final score and the winner and the loser, it just doesn't, has very little reflection
0: on the season as far as I'm concerned. Bowl games build a rep when there were six, eight, 10, 12 of them, and now there's 40 of them, give or take, because none of us really know. We'd have to look it up. Right. And I've been covering bowl games since the 80s. And they were a bigger deal. Yeah.
15: Yes. When I worked for the Casa Grande Dispatch, I covered the Fiesta Bowl. Miami. And... Penn State? The UC Los Angeles... Oh, okay. Bruins, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it was.
0: <laughs> you can't even remember. <laughs> it was a big deal, but I don't remember. Really it was played
15: during the sense. day... You remember interviewing Oh yeah yeah it was Jimmy a real high out on the field. I couldn't tell you Jack about the game. Don't look it up. I'm going to look Don't it up. Don't look it up. Too late. You're, you're such a nerd. <laughs> 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 it's no longer do you judge your season by a bowl. And so BYU that's coming to an end anyway. If they go 11 and 2 that's great, eleven. I would just assume in a game that's before Christmas. As a matter of fact, though,
0: oh yeah, I think that if you got nobody wants to say this publicly because you don't want to offend the bowls that you might need later. Because even though it's not a big deal to go one to go to one, it's an awful deal not to go to one. Well, that just means you weren't you didn't qualify. Right, exactly. didn't get, that, That's the, the so the, the going to a bowl doesn't matter. But, but there are but not of, getting six wins matters. There are plenty of coaches who uh, are not despondent. If they get a game before Christmas, yeah, have it be over. Have it be over, and then everybody goes home. Right, and it's a recruiting uh, blackout period, so it's the most downtime you're likely to get.
15: Yeah, you can still get the practices ahead of time, and it's it's like another spring practice. It matters so much. It's, don't don't you get do 15. That. Don't do that. Well, I mean, we hear the same freaking thing every year. I know, sick of it, and so get it done. So, isn't the Independence Bowl? Isn't it before Christmas?
0: No so, idea. Have to look that I mean, up. I too. think it
15: is, isn't it? So yeah, look up something that's pertinent, not something that happened nineteen. I'm looking it up right
0: now. <laughs> Slow your roll. Right here, Just as December. A g- you got it. Yeah, you got it. December eighteen. As a general rule, ABC. It's look, got a nice uh, you look up know, something all that's recruits, more current. All your recruits will be able to see it.
15: Oh, every one of them. Yeah, every last one
0: of them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a doubleheader with the LA Bowl. Great, <laughs> so, so I just soon have a
15: Thanksgiving or a pre-Christmas game, so then you're done, so you don't have to gather and try to go through the motions of some bowl game you don't want to be at anyway. <laughs> but you're you they put on your your best face and you you go to whatever you do for a couple. I like, go visit the children so in the hospital. To be here yeah. and- what a song and dance that is. So don't don't rip BYU. Just If you're a Ute fan, just tip your hat this year and say congratulations. And if you criticize because of their schedule last year, you look stupid. Yeah, and I am talking to you, and you know who you are. Ooh, yes. who are you talking to? I'm talking I want to names. you. I
0: want names. I'm talking to you, and you know who you are. Come on. They backed it up. There were plenty of people. Who would hit us up on social media and tell us they're not that good. Look at their schedule. They're playing a bunch of cream puffs. Yeah? Well, they were cream puffs. I'm not here to tell you Texas State was awesome. But they had a lot of NFL guys. They were good. Texas State did? No. BYU did. Oh. Well, when
15: you said they, the pronoun refers right back to the noun. Now, who's Nerd Boy now? Uh, Because I know English?
0: Yes. Nerd Boy. Yes. (laughs) And I'm proud of it. You knew exactly what I'm I was getting at. I'm damn proud of it. You knew exactly what I was getting <laughs> at.
15: <laughs> and what are they, 5-1 and one against your big P5?
0: <sighs> oh, did you see the story about them being 5-0 and o against the Alliance? The, uh, the Big Ten upset with the SEC, so they formed this partnership with the ACC and the... Uh, the Pac-12, and they're going to schedule these games going forward and make sure they vote on the playoffs and construct them exactly as they want. I don't think they're going to schedule anything. I think it's a big talk. So it's, this is all about controlling the playoff and what it looks like. Everything else, window dressing. Yeah. Control the playoff. Make sure CBS and Fox get, a, uh, get part of the playoff so that they'll keep paying for their regular season games so they don't get aced out by the SEC. I got it. I've done it for weeks. Everything else, window dressing. Play, don't play, whatever. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. The
4: new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. All day, every day. This is 975 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com.
0: Utah bounces back from the loss at Oregon State. They beat UCLA. Now, Oregon State had the number one rushing offense in the conference, and they ran the ball all over the Utes. UCLA had the number two rushing offense in the league. Kyle Woodham's evaluation of the rush defense versus the Bruins.
1: Very much improved. And uh, they have been averaging uh, a lot more than that. And that's uh, Chip Kelly is a heck of an offensive coach. And, and really his, his basis for everything is the run game. That's where it starts for him. And uh, that was not enough. Pro- I know he's not happy with that production because they usually do a, a lot better job than that. And, and uh, you know, he's a guy that really can uh, put together a run game. He's tough to defend.
0: That's your Utes at 50 update, brought to you by Sonic. Buttery Texas toast and 100% pure seasoned beef layered with American cheese. Make it a single or a double. For a limited time, order online or in the Sonic app and save 50%. That's the Sonic Grilled Cheeseburger.
4: Really? Your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. i going to run it with Algier. He
0: bounces to the outside.
11: Inside the 15. Inside the 5. Reaching for the pylon. Touchdown, BYU. 31 yards
15: for his fourth rushing touchdown of the night.
0: There's your Chevy Strong play of the game. Tyler Algier, 266 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Know that play today at 450 right here on The Zone, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right. Uh, are we ready to hit a yuck? Are you ready? I have no idea what you're hitting. You went in <laughs> and arranged something with him. I saw you go in there. So <laughs> apparently he's not ready, despite all your planning. Sing. Do something. By Yacht time, set it up.
11: One
15: more, two, three. <laughs> this is for Stiggy. <laughs> and here it
0: is. Two, three, four. Go. It is my birthday. (laughs) Take an ice cream for me. Oh, and look what is wielding in behind you. I already had a week full of Halloween candy. There's nothing behind (laughs) me. But it's the
15: thought that counts.
0: (laughs) How does it feel to be 64? 64. I don't know yet, but it's not that far away. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm (laughs) 62.
15: So what the hell are you doing today? Don't know. Oh, a surprise. I like it. uh, Honey, anniversary in. I like it, yeah. Kids are gone. You're an empty nester now. Imagine the possibilities.
0: There's a chance I was going to golf today, but that might be falling apart.
15: (laughs) Oh, me and Jake are going at one. You can come. Uh,
0: I might take you up on that.
15: Yeah. I mean, and then have a great day, man. You (laughs) deserve it. (laughs) Thanks, PK. (laughs) The Snig Dog's birthday. Get on our app, and I want all you people, because he has meant so much to the community, and just wish him a happy birthday. If I don't get 10, that would be like booing Bronco when he walked out on the field for the first time. Saturday night, I would be so disappointed, and I uh, wasn't disappointed. No,
0: they now, gave were, him the respect that he deserved. There are people clapping for him when he got off the bus and walked into the visiting locker room an hour and a half, two hours before the game. He got the respect, not that he deserved, but he earned. earned. Yes. He earned. Well, he did oh, deserve right. it, and he deserved. Well, it Well, they go it. hand
15: in hand. Yeah, really, they do when you think about it. But he did. But earn. I wanted to make sure I emphasized that he earned the right to he gave deserve you 11 the respect.
0: good years and a lot of big wins.
15: Yes he did. Yes he did. Absolutely he did. And so, and then you beat him. <laughs> so uh so here's your opportunity. You've given us like 32 great years and a lot of big wins. So you need to get on the app right now and give DJ a freaking happy birthday cuz today's his birthday. This, yeah.
0: could, this could easily get out of hand.
15: No, it won't. And <laughs> let us know... Yock agreed with the initially. If you were yeah, going okay. to buy him something, what would it be? What would you want to give him?
0: I got a few ideas if you're out of them. <laughs> now, we don't know he's so humble he wouldn't accept
15: your gifts anyway. But if you were going to yeah, give you know, him something, <laughs> what would you give him? For me... It would be a lifetime contract.
0: I like it. Yeah. I, I would take that. That would be a good No, gift. I don't know for what. <laughs> I thought you <laughs> meant radio. <laughs> <laughs> <A> lifetime contract. <laughs> Mow your yard. I'm tired of picking up after the dog and mowing the lawn. DJ, you got a lifetime contract. <laughs> Do you want, a, you want a lifetime contract
15: at Channel 2 or at the radio?
0: Because you basically have it anyway. Well, I think that Unofficially uh, you have it. there there comes a time when that might not be a good idea.
15: Yeah, but that'll be a mutual parting, much like okay. Gary Patterson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gary Patterson was not a mutual <laughs> parting. <laughs> if Gary was gonna retire, and I'm not convinced he was, but well, we'll know. he would have done it at the end of the season.
15: We'll know. No, these new bosses, man, they freaking love you. All right. Every time I go over there, it's just, you oh, know, DJ this, DJ that. <laughs> it's like, come on, cool, geez, man. Come on man. We, we got to have them. Then huh? you go in and uh, rent on the parade, uh, huh? huh? Yeah. No, I just sit there and take it. It's not like I haven't had to take it for 20
0: years. <laughs> You haven't had to take it for 20 years. It's only 19 and
11: a half. <laughs> okay, well, duh.
0: <laughs> it's 20 in April.
15: <laughs> yeah, but I had to take it during that, like, six-month <laughs> waiting period where you f- had to decide whether you were going to take the job or oh, not. Oh, that was a so week. it actually started. Oh, no, bull crap. It was a week. It was the week at the conference tournament. No, it was Well, great. then there was more that I didn't know about. Well, what was so freaking bizarre about that is that it's that December before I remember this vividly standing outside of the New York, New York, uh-huh. and I'm talking to Alemma, and we're over at 1280 at the time, you and I, uh-huh. and Alema's, he, he just said it. Yeah, they know your contracts are up and they're coming after. So in the spring, both of you guys will be over here, which was 1320. I look at him, I don't know. What? He, I mean, he just said it. Like, it was just like, you see that little stoplight? It just turned green. It's unarguable. Inarguable. It, the way he said it, I remember it's vividly just standing, because they had a thing where they, they, they had an ESPN zone. I don't even know if they have it anymore. But they, they let the kids go up, and they give them tokens, and they just play all the games. And it was a fun time. Right, we got bored standing there. So we go outside, and we're just chatting, look overlooking a strip. Just killing time. Uh, Both down there working, and he just told me. So it was well before that. Either that guy had some private info, or he was a great forecaster. One (laughs) of the two. But I assume he had private info, or uh, intel, because he knew. And so here we are all this time later. So show your appreciation on David James' 64th birthday.
0: Oof. It's not my 64th birthday.
15: Yeah, but in, in X amount of years, you want it to be? True story. Right. And you guys, you believe that uh, uh, basically everyone's eternal anyway, so there really isn't no
0: birthdays. It's all the same, right? Everybody's the same age, in a sense. Yuck, is that true? Yeah, right? Yak's laughing. Right? And he's not going to turn on the microphone. What's the truth? Is it not?
5: No, it. I've got to play. <laughs> There's an open mic. Just kidding. I've got a something. <laughs> I told you it was going to get out of hand. It was not going to get out of hand. It was get, out of hand. get out of this hand. one's not out of hand no, yet. This, this yet. one this is what starts okay, it. This goes back to what you guys like to always talk about. You can say one thing, but the other one gets blamed for something. So here you go. Yeah, all right.
8: The birthday, PK. What would DJ do without you? You guys
15: are elites. Nice. <laughs> so Whose
0: birthday is it? It's <laughs> BK's birthday. Well, it's not my birthday. Not yet. We're coming up on it, though.
15: Yeah, my birthday is always on a weekend. <laughs>
11: it's not true. <laughs>
0: All right, DJ and PK, it's 975 and 1280. The zone. You know his birthday it is in a, in 3 weeks. Uh, uh,
15: Kyle, the Whitmeister. Yeah. He'll be 62. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then 17 days later, it's his wife's birthday.
0: <laughs> you know how sometimes she told me say that. stuff to me and then I just fire right back at him. I've done that for a long time. In a negative way? Uh, in a challenging way, confrontational way sometimes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know when I'm in a meeting, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm in a meeting, college radio, and a woman had no interest in sports. We had an FM station, and we had an AM station. And the FM went to three counties, traditional 91.9, you know, regular. And the AM went uh, just over uh, carrier current to the dorms, and nobody heard it. Mm-hmm. And a woman in a meeting says, why don't we move sports to the AM? I looked right at her and said, why don't we move your show to the AM? (laughs) And I just got a text from a friend of mine who still lives in California. DJ, glad you never had to celebrate your birthday on the AM with Sylvia Curtis. Nice. That was a quick comment. Good one. I
15: like
11: it. it.
0: All right. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Nick Ford is up next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to bring in Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman. He's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877 346 Nick, good morning. Good morning. I don't even know if I'm supposed to introduce you as a center anymore or as a guard. You've played it all. I thought you settled in at center, and I turned on the game Saturday, and they're raving about your ability to move over, and the line doesn't miss a beat. So yeah. how should I refer to you now?
16: Uh, I'm just off as a lineman, man. Whatever
14: whatever my team needs, whatever whoever needs this, that's what I'm going to plan to.
15: Yeah, because what, what positions haven't you played on the offensive line?
16: Uh. I've played them all. I've even blocked out of a tight end set as tight end in Colorado
14: back in the day.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, uh, come on, tight end! I see you sliding to the back of the end zone, showing off your athletic ability. Cam maybe overthrows it a little bit, and you show your hops, fingertip catch, drag a toe.
15: Oh, yeah.
16: One day, man, we'll
15: see. Yeah, you're better than Keithy. I already knew that, man. Oh no, no. no, 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 no. As far as looking ahead to the NFL, uh, how much do you think this will benefit to you, for you, for your versatility that you've shown while in college?
11: Uh, You know, I
16: don't, I don't try to look ahead much. I understand that you know it will be beneficial to me, but uh, you know, I'm more more worried about what I got right now because if I you know get lost with what I have ahead of me then, I mean, this is going to all fall apart, so it's important addressing what I have now and doing the best I can.
0: There is nothing as dangerous as thinking you've made it. hmm Does Kyle tell you that all the time? Is that one of the things the coaches are on you guys about?
16: A hundred percent. I mean, the, he's built this program to go week in, week out, 1-0, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we understand where we sit and where we are, but that's like it's exactly like the NFL question you just asked me. This this team's not gonna look forward to where we're about to be. The only thing we're looking forward to where we're about to be is this Friday. We're not looking down the road to December, we're looking down the road to this Friday and play at Stanford.
15: When a position change is made, now it's very unusual during the season to have it. Obviously it's done more frequently in the off season. But in this case, how much consultation was there with you to make sure this is something that you're comfortable
1: with?
16: (laughs) About two days prior to the game, and (laughs) it was like, uh, yeah, you're going to play left guard and we're going to bump Paul in, and Paul, you've been waiting for this moment, you're a hell of a player, and Nick, as you know, uh, I trust you a lot in this room, and I know you can get the job done, I was, yeah, hey, Paul Miley, let's go, man, let's get it, man.
0: Did you talk to him about uh, taking a breath before he snaps the ball? Because I thought of the story you told us about being hyped up by the crowd, and some of those shotgun snaps weren't as good as you would have liked. And Cam Rising caught those two snaps, but there were a couple there that probably weren't as good as anyone liked. You tell him, take a deep breath, I had the same problem.
16: Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I know I helped him as just having another center out there, especially the ones who's made past mistakes. And- um, you know, grew from that, and also, uh, you know, to my own horn. But you know, as a talented guy, mm-hmm. and he—that's what he constantly tells me. You know, it helps him out, and it's going to be good for him in the long run. And I mean, at the very start of the game, he had that mm-hmm. high snap, and I looked at him, and Cam was like, hey, can you, "Hey, relax, Paul. You got a high snap." I looked at him, I said, "Hey, Paul," was, "Hey, I know you're hyped up right now, but." take a deep breath, let's walk, walk to the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, because it's a real, real tense guy, so I told him, you know, I know we like to jump up to the line, but, you know, let's breathe slow, walk up to the line, and Coach Ludd did an awesome job switching it to an under, under center snap to get his confidence back under him, and then we went back to shotgun, and before we went out there, I said, hey, Paul, just breathe, get out there and relax, do your thing, and, you know, he started fixing him and settling in. Yeah,
15: so even though you move, then you'd still take upon the same type of leadership role, uh, not to be in the center, but being in a different position. But as far as you being a leader along the offensive line and really for the for the offense and then taking it a step more for the team, that really hasn't changed anything.
16: Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, uh, I, I talked to all the boys on the sideline and made sure they were calm and you know, contained and also had fun with everybody and including the skills as well. And um, even, you know, just telling Paul to breathe and calm down. But when it came to like coming up to the line of scrimmage, I try to uh, be quiet and, uh, you know, let Paul run the show because he was that center. Um, you know, there's a couple of miscues that, uh, you know, happen on the field and I corrected them. You know, I, I changed, uh, you know, where we were working, what we were doing, where we were sliding. Uh, but for the most part, I just let Paul run the show and he did a hell of a job doing it. And, you know, I feel like that at, that's just a way of me showing my respect and trust in Paul is sure. letting him go ahead and, you know, take over.
0: So I thought I knew the answer to this question, but when we were talking after the USC game, you were telling me about – you told us how you looked at the secondary and you knew the flea flicker was going to work because they won high and all that. So I'm yeah. curious, when you're running the ball – Do you know when you're lining up and you know where the protection's going, you know how you're blocking it, do you know before the snap that Tavion Thomas is going to break a big – or whoever's at running back – is going to break a big run – or is it a thing where you're locked up with some guy, maybe the two of you have gone to the ground and, you know, it's a mosh pit there in the O-line, so you hear the crowd? I've heard. Guys, I've had guys say, I knew when he ran by me, I could feel the air. It was like he created wind and he whooshed by me, I knew he was gone. How do you know when Thomas is running for, score, for scores, how do you know he's gone?
16: Uh, I mean, it's just a combination of everything. Uh, there's plays where, where it'll be a mock fit because, you know, that's how football is. And sometimes it's our coaches, you know, like it. They're like, oh, we don't care if it's four or five yard gain every play. We're going to go ahead and get that four or five yards. It's going to be bloody and all that. And, um, yeah, so, like, there's those times where, you know, you go ahead and get to hidden, and then all of a sudden someone starts yelling and you get up and you're like, oh. And then uh, there's other plays where you, like, look and you're like, yeah, like, they, they are screwed. Like, they they did not know what was about to happen like once the towel had that big hit they were bringing up pressure and they, they exchange their personnel and I knew what he was pulling out to a smaller guy and I was like oh no he's about <laughs> to murder this dude and then me and Bam just collapsed that front side and I mean we were on the 9 yard line and towel went and murdered dude and uh you know the whole west side of the line had everyone on the one yard line so we knew that play was over and then um there's also those plays where you're blocking, and all of a sudden you just hear a car accident. You see Fabian killer, man.
15: <laughs> you're back on the road this week, and three of your losses all have been on the road in in conference, right? I mean, you won at SC, so it's not like you can't win on the road. Uh, I don't think that's uh, we can fair to say. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you did lose three games out on the road. Uh, is there anything to that as far as what you need to be aware of to make sure that that doesn't happen again?
16: Uh, I don't believe so. The past is the past, and it's something to learn from. Um, you know, and all those all those games were with talented teams, and, you know, both sides of the ball played a hell of a game. And uh, it's not like we have gotten blown out. There hasn't been a game where we've gotten blown out. It's just, you know, good competition, and I think that. Uh, you know, we're going into this game with the mentality thinking that, you know, we've got to get it done, and Stanford is a talented team, so we've got to respect them. I mean, they beat Oregon, and they beat USC, so they're fully capable, and we need to go in there. And if we play the game that we're capable of playing, I mean, the results should come out.
0: So the offensive line had issues in early in the year, but now you're moving guys around a couple days before the game. You're running the ball really well week after week. Uh, my level of confidence you is super high. Am I missing anything? Or is the O line at a place now where you feel like, hey, if we just do things right all week, we are going to look really good on the weekend.
16: Um, pretty much that. I mean, you know, we, we've we stuck within our own room. Um, that's the tough part about being off the line. Everyone will hate you and then everyone will love you. And um, we kind of understand that. And we understand that our teammates have loved us this whole time. Um, so they have had belief in us and uh, we're going to continue to improve. Uh, there's always stuff we need to improve on. Um, and, you know, just the communication and the – finer details, and, uh, the more game time reps, I think, helped, uh, gel everything together, and, uh, you know, there was minor mistakes that we made that, you know, no one would have noticed on, um, Saturday, so we went in yesterday, watched the film, and got it all addressed, and I'm sure today we'll go out there and address those problems right away, and, you know, start ultimately game planning for, uh, Stanford, because even though those problems were the past, they, uh... You know, there's something that Stanford could do, so we want to make sure that we fix them and
14: continue to improve.
15: Does the fact that the conference is just so crazy, you look at so many different examples, Stanford beating Oregon, Cal beating Oregon State, Washington State's a double-digit favorite going to Tempe and win, does all that add up and to help you guys concentrate, knowing that almost like anything can happen on any given, in this case it's a Friday as opposed to Saturday, in this conference?
16: Oh yeah, I mean this this week is no exception. We know had a great game and now we're turning around. Had to come in on Sunday, fly out on Thursday, so you know we're essentially losing one day of preparation. We all understand that and are getting in there uh, a little bit early uh, on. You know the players by themselves and you know watching film, doing things, and that's just how the Pac-12 is. Pac-12 after dark. I mean, it's the the Pac-12 is not a friendly conference. It's a conference of champions for a reason, so. I mean, on any any given night, you know, you could have a top team beat you. You could have a top team lose. Um, so, you know, you need to go in there with the same mentality that, you know, not necessarily the the mentality we go in is it's never going to be an easy win. Uh, some people may interpret wins as easy, like this team is not as good, this team is not as good. But, uh, you know, we go in every week saying, you know, if we play to our capability, we should continue to, to you know, dominate, and that's what we need to keep our eyes on it dominating teams and not letting the gas up because you know we need to dictate the tempo and control what's what we have going on versus you know playing just because. Just
0: so, looking at the Stanford Cardinal here, everybody runs for 200 yards on Stanford except for USC and Washington State. But uh, they're built to throw it. They're not built to run it. But they still both ran for 100, and SC ran for like 185. So yeah. I'm thinking you've watched films, seen the stats, and you've got to be planning a 200-yard week here, rushing the ball.
16: Yeah, I mean, you know, we love running the ball. That's what this bro- program is built off of. We love the ball, too. Um, and, you know, we don't get too excited because anything could happen in the past like you said. I mean, UCLA was letting up 90 yards a game, and we got 290. So, I mean, it's easily reversible. Um, you know, maybe they stack the box. Maybe they start blitzing a ton. Um, all I do know is that we're going to run the ball. We're going to open lanes, and if those lanes get open, our backs are going to go. And if they start lowering the box, then, you know, we better hope your secondary is good because the tech, and our receivers are very talented as well.
15: I know you talk about 1-0 and each week. But come on, Nick, you're an LA guy. You don't dream of the Rose Bowl at all.
16: <laughs> uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Um, you know, there's always there's always time for fantasy and whatnot. Uh, you know, you may you may have a dream or two about it. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's, it, it is one and all. I mean, you um, know, you know, if everything goes right and you continue to go one and all, you dreams should come true.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take for you to get all the Kyle mantras down cold? Because it does seem like you have them all down cold now.
16: <laughs> uh, it didn't take me too long, and it's just like the way the way my family just kind of has been that way too—just blue collar, hard work, you know, one day at a time, and you know, good things will happen. So,
15: Stanford recruits all over; they're not just uh, primarily West Coast or whatever it might be. But I'm wondering: do you know anybody well on that team?
16: Oh yeah, no, I know. I know a couple of people. I know uh, Elijah on the offense. Uh, a Reed, our linebacker, has a brother. He's their starting uh, outside linebacker at the end. Oh so yeah, there you go. That'll be fun. Yeah, that, I mean, there's I mean, a ton of Utah boys. A bunch of people know that right. So It'll be pretty cool.
0: So Stanford is not a place that packs a lot of people in. How different will the game be when it's a little uh, a little quieter and not as uh, crazy as Rice Eccles?
16: Um, you know, it's always it's always different. It always, you know, changes the basic game. Um, but that's the thing is that's just the atmosphere and we can't let that change the team's atmosphere. You know, we're gonna go in there and the sidelines gonna go crazy. We've already talked about it, um, if your unit's not on the field, so if defense is up and you're a defensive replacement, you gotta be out there cheering and you know, once the the offense is done being addressed, go out there and start yelling on the defense, and vice versa, have the defense yelling us on. And you know, when the, our office players are on the field, you know, get them yelling. And that's what it's going to take is just going out there and you know, just bringing bringing that self juice, that self motivation, and um, really just turning up and then moose.
15: What do you think are some of the biggest differences that allowed you to go turn a one and two start into the success you've had? I think what four and one over the last five games.
16: Um, just, uh, you know, the mentality coach was brought into us. And I mean, um, you know, it's all about adversity and, you know, moving on and, you know, working hard with your head down. I mean, we lost Ty and that, you know, that hurt us all. And we came back and uh, praised his life and determined that we need to get in the winter conditioning and, this and we and to start getting ready. Same thing when A.L.O. passed away, we, uh, you know we, we were very hurt by that but we understood that he would want us to keep going and pushing and, you know work very hard and you know that's that, that's essentially what this season has been i mean you, you know you start off and you know you're doing okay then all of a sudden you take a couple hits and you know uh, just like able and ty you know smile through keep on pushing and you know that's that's kind of the mentality we've taken of um, adversity because this team has been you know, this team has been through a lot. The, the individuals have been through a lot. Uh, as individuals, everyone has their own story. But as a team, everyone knows this team has been through a lot. We uh, just kind of take that and you understand, you know, things with a grain of salt. And, you know, it may hurt, but you got to continue working. this through.
0: So honoring uh, those guys between the quarters, first and third quarter, they noted on the broadcast that after both of those moments – the game restarts the second and fourth quarter, and both times you guys score on the next play. Both times you were in the red zone, so you are relatively close, but you, know, you didn't necessarily have to score, and you did. And From afar, some people will say that's a coincidence. Other people will uh, will see something in that moment and see and feel something special. I'm, I'm curious how it felt to the team and how it felt to you individually.
16: Um, you know, as a team, we do take notice of those things. I mean, even way back when, when we started having our first tributes and there like, the 22-yard pass and everything. and uh, You know, we score after, uh, you know, the second and fourth quarter and all that. Um, you know, we do, I don't think not necessarily in the moment of time because we're so locked into the game and what we're doing and just honoring them and playing to the best of our abilities. But uh, we, we do understand, you could, you could tell that there's, like, a strong emotion there's a strong emotion for the entirety of the game but it's just like a reminder you know it's like it's like having that picture of your kid at your work desk like when you're having a tough day and you see it and that you know, just gives you that like you know that little bit of a kick that you you knew you had um and for me individually I mean I think it's awesome uh you know that's what I I think of you know, the boys every day especially when I go to practice and uh a lot of us pray on 22 yard line and you know, just going out there and scoring, and you know, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a great feeling just knowing that. You know, I know, I know will be happy.
0: Nick, we appreciate the time as always. Good luck in Palo Alto, and we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Take it easy, Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman. joining us right here on 97 and twelve eighty, the Zone. We'll get into Stanford more uh, later in the week, PK. But uh, one thing to know here. For a coach in Kyle Winningham believes you win when you run and you lose when you can't stop the run, Stanford's had one 100-yard game rushing. And it was because a kid broke an 87-yard run during the game. Pretty easy to get to 100 if you can get an 87-yarder in the bag. And all but two teams have run for 200 yards against them. They don't run it well, and they struggle to well, stop this the is run. another crappy team. And they've lost three in a row. They're full of crappy is, teams on their schedule this, this is,
15: year. This is all The only set good up. team they played was BYU.
0: And the only good team they will play is Oregon? No. I don't even know that Oregon's good. Oh come on, Oregon's good. They won at Ohio State. You gotta give them the least good. They're not great. The only good team they played is BYU. Blake Anderson, Aggie football coach, coming up next. This is Hanson Scotty.
7: Let's do it. How broken is the Pac-12? Is it broken or is it just bent right now? I think it's bent. It's got a problem where
4: you just can't get somebody to elevate. It looked like it was going to be Oregon. It's not. It looked like at times
7: it could be Utah. It's not.
10: If the season ended right now, there isn't a single Pac-12 team I would make an
7: argument for to put them into the college football playoffs. Like, I love watching
4: Pac-12 games because you never know what's going to happen and games go down to the wire and it's entertaining. But boy, is it bad for business in terms of George Kolopkov in the conference office going, Oh my gosh, we're going to screw ourselves out of another opportunity in the college football playoff.
6: What kind of a show is this?
4: Catch Hans Olson and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5-1280 The Zone powered by KSL Sports.com
0: DJ PK and Blake Anderson joining us, Utah State football coach coming off the win over Hawaii. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coach, you weren't down by 10 or 14. There's no dramatic comfort you were up by thirty and you won by twenty, and then I listened to the post game, and like you were pretty cranky, you felt like you they you let you off the hook. Was that you being a coach? did you have to or did you you have to say that kind of stuff, or when you watch the film, do you think, yeah, we were better than
9: I thought no i was I was a little cranky um you know I just when you get a we gave up a 10-point run. We gave up a 15-point run. We made a couple of really silly mistakes late. Um, you know, that's one of those games you just want to go ahead and put away. And We let those guys back to a 13-point game. and it, it, With a lot of time on the clock, I'm like, wait a minute, we're not doing this again, are we? But um, we made a few plays down the stretch, a couple of kind of unique plays. You don't normally run an onside kickback for a touchdown. So that was, uh, that was one we didn't expect. But it was a good win. We came out and played early, played played well early, which is something we've struggled to do most of the year uh, to get up 17 to nothing. But but then we did let them go. We let them go on a 10-point run, got a little, I think a little. We relaxed a little bit. That was frustrating and made another run at them in the third quarter. And, and then, again, we, we make some mistakes and let them back in. Just want to see us play a, a complete game where we kind of avoid those lapses. And and so that was where the frustration came. couple personal fouls. Of guys just kind of acting outside of character, little things that get you beat against a really really good football team. Fortunately, we were a little bit better than them, and and especially Saturday, uh, you know, never felt like that um, that it got away from us. Just some signs of things I don't want to see, you know, that could hurt us in the future.
15: With the energy that a new coaching staff was going to provide, combined with the amount of new players that you were bringing in, I didn't buy that it was going to be bottoming out with only two or three wins and you're going to be pathetic. I know some folks might have thought that. But at the same time, I didn't know that you would be vying for a division title and maybe beyond that we'll see how this goes i had you at the five or six win total possibility of getting bull eligible and now you're already obviously bull eligible what does that mean for the program your first year for these kids that are here now but also the message it sends to prospective players
9: Oh, uh, that's huge i mean that's that's you're trying to build a brand and and exceed expectations every year raise them uh so that that that, you know, we want to be in the mix. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about how many wins or bowl eligibility or anything. We haven't really, up to this point. Uh, we just talked about trying to be the best team this team was, you know, capable of being. And and I, I don't really understand the league. I don't really know the league. We're learning one week at a time what what each team looks like, and it's extremely competitive. I think if you look across the board in the league, a lot of people beating each other up on a weekly basis. A team win one, you know, wins one week. Next week, they can't get it done. And so, we're very fortunate that we're in the position we're in with this tough a schedule that we've had early. And you got to give the guys credit. Both the guys that have been here that went through one and five, that went through a, an ugly transition, and also the guys that chose us, you know, in the transfer trans, uh, portal, portal and, and decided to come be a part of a team that had gone one and five. So, uh, there's a lot of people that have made this you know, possible. and we're not done. We're still focusing on being, you know, one degree better daily. Trying to take one and all mentality each week, but excited that we have, you know, really some some really cool things ahead of us if we can just keep improving.
0: Well, coach, as someone who's uh, followed the league since San Diego State came in more than forty years ago. I thought you could get four, five, or six wins. I had no idea you'd be battling for eight, nine, or ten wins, and that's clearly where this is going. But it does seem like the risk is that the guys mess up a game because they get fat and happy. And I wonder how much you're staying on top of them. Like, this is great, but at some point when people are winning more than they expect to win, I've seen teams in multiple sports, pro and college – uh, it's too easy, and they just let one slip through their fingers. It should never happen. So, how much do you have to stay on the team about that?
9: Well, that's that's the message every day. We'll meet today, and, and that's what the message will be today. I'll obviously pat them on the back for some good things they did, but but there's going to be a lot of today's meeting that's going to be the the things we did poorly. We've uh, we've been very very critical all year long. I think um, we're very quick to praise them for great effort and attitude, and we're also just as quick to hold them accountable, and be very hard on them for mistakes. I mean, making the play you're supposed to make, I mean, you shouldn't get patted on the back for that. I mean, that you should get patted on the back for for unbelievable effort and energy, which is what we, we thrive on, because we're not more talented than the people that we're playing. I mean, everybody looks as good or better than us, so we got to out-athlete them in, in space and out, uh, effort them in space and out-effort them in space. And so we praise that. But then we are very hard and hold each other very, you know, highly accountable for mistakes. And in this game, we had several. We created two turnovers that were self-inflicted. We had some personal fouls that were after the play because of bad, poor choices. We had some busted coverages that let them back in the game when, when really it should have been put away. So those are the things we're going to spend our time on because you're right. It could very easily be a deal where we we overlook an opponent this week, particularly. That's not a conference game against New Mexico State, but but clearly it doesn't affect conference play. And they're not having a great year, and it's a rough, uh, a tough road trip. And we've got to be we got to be super focused on being the best team we can be, and, and not looking at the record, looking at the standings, or patting ourselves on the back. It's a good way to get beat.
15: Offensive line went uh, what eight sacks to one. I don't know how much of the level of the competition matters in there in determining the number of sacks, but evaluate their play against Hawaii.
9: Well, we, we ran the ball fairly well. You know, the numbers were not gaudy but, but effective, and, and that helped. We, we were strategic, too. Now, you got to give Colorado State credit. Those dudes can rush the passer. I think we've seen that every week. There's a reason they're ranked as high as they are defensively. And we got exposed. Now, I thought we were a little bit smarter. This week, uh, with, with just the game plan itself, we we did change the launch point a little bit. We did try to slow them down a little bit, but the ability to run the ball and stay ahead of the chains helped dramatically. And we're starting to get a couple guys back that have been out uh, to injuries, and hopefully over this week we can maybe get, grab another guy or two. The, the the biggest issues we have right now are depth and. and and health on the O-line. That has been a problem for several weeks, and it it got exposed a couple weeks ago. We did a much better job Saturday. Hawaii is good. They're not as powerful. They're quick and have speed, but we did manage it better in this particular game than we have in the last couple.
0: You know, we understand you're new to football in this side of the country, so you don't know a lot of these teams. It's unusual. Hawaii's played New Mexico State twice. You just played Hawaii. How much does that help educate you for this game coming up?
9: Well, I think it'll help. I think it'll help a little bit. Now I've I've played in New Mexico State a ton to be honest with you yeah. in my career. Uh, several leagues that we crossed over and played and haven't spent time at New Mexico and know their head coach, Doug Martin, really well. I think mean, he does a great job with, with less. I don't think he is given them a ton of resources and it's tough to recruit there, but he always is right in the fight. They always find a way to score points. I think seeing them against Hawaii has gotta help us just in terms of the what this guy looks like, how he runs physically what do you what you know what the matchups are going to be like and and off, offensively their system is at least spread out enough that you get an idea of, of how New Mexico State might want to play us so it does benefit us some to to have a couple games to look at uh, against them
15: as you said earlier this year I think before the season you and I with our Jonesboro background since we've been to the mall there we are family uh so I followed uh, Jones uh, Arkansas State a little bit uh don't know on uh, game times, though, As if you play a lot of day games. and On this side of the country, you tend to play a night game. I'm just wondering for you as a head coach, you play a day game in a beautiful setting. You win. How relaxing is it on Saturday evening then without all that stress?
9: You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I was walking through the hallway at 4.45 in the afternoon, and um, Coach Zuck, our linebacker's coach, was sitting in his office says, you know what's What's even better than winning a game on Saturday? He said, what? I said, winning one and being done at 4.30 in the afternoon where I can go watch other people stress out all evening. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, only thing better than that is winning one about 11 a.m. <laughs> hey, we had great weather, uh, super good crowd as usual. And, and to get away, I thought this was a key win. I, I really did. We've battled hard to get this point. We just didn't know exactly what we we're up against. There's a little bit of an unknown as to what we would see from them, how they would travel. I had a lot of respect for them out in the space, so that I, I was a lot of stress going into this particular game of the unknowns. We responded well, we won, and to be done about four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon, and be able to you know flip channels and enjoy family. That's that's a great feeling.
0: So, did you watch San Diego State, Fresno State? That was an awfully big game I, in the other division. I,
9: I did watch it. I did watch it. And, uh, you know, that's two really good football teams going at each other. Uh, I wasn't sure how that was going to finish up. But, uh, you know, I, I, I knew both were really talented. I was kind of surprised at how it finished out just with how, how well San Diego State's been playing defense all season. But uh, that side of the league is, is beating each other up on a weekly basis as well. And still a lot of big, pivotal games to be played in the next three weeks.
15: Going forward, what's your running back situation?
9: Well, we've been by committee, and Calvin Tyler it was out this particular week with right. a broken bone in his hand. He will be back. He probably could have played on Saturday. It would have, it would have been probably pretty risky to put him out, although he was ready and dressed. And, and luckily, I just thought the other guys came in and did a good job. And, and you're seeing several different guys play. Uh, Noah is, has run the ball really, really well, played physical. I mean, the very first run of the game – kind of set the tempo we handed off power and and he broke two tackles and popped an explosive and I think it just kind of gave everybody a spark like all right here we go um you know John Gentry's coming in giving some some reps Lockheed's doing the same thing we we will get we'll get Calvin back and and I do think we miss him in the sense he's a veteran guy with uh with a skill set that really he can do everything we need to he gives us a little bit of a burst he's probably the the fastest of the group and we've seen that a couple times this year Uh, But it it is still going to be a little bit by committee, I think, as we move forward because each one kind of brings something different to the table.
0: Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This late in the season. What do you think about going out of conference?
9: It's not that, you know, for me, I haven't done it very often. So I think it comes at a good time uh, to some degree, you know, just kind of take the pressure off of – you know that win go home mentality that conference play comes with because we just we are obviously in, in the lead in the standings, but there's no wiggle room. We don't we can't afford to give one up, and, and so it takes a little pressure off there. Um, but it's to me, I mean, it's 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 a pride game. It, it kind of tells you who your team is. Um, you can you go on the road? It's not a beautiful, you know, it's not going to be a packed house, beautiful trip. It's a little bit of tough to get there. You, you typically go through El Paso. Or, and have to drive over. It's not a it's not a packed house environment similar to what we felt at Vegas, so it's a little unique to be playing a game this late in the season that doesn't impact your conference play. And so it's a chance to find out kind of how mature we are.
0: Well you don't have any wiggle room in conference right now, but you will if Fresno State at home beats Boise State.
9: Yeah, we, we uh we may be pulling for Fresno this week, to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. So not sure that'll add any points to the board. That should be a great game. Should be a great game. We're we're in good position with uh, the tiebreakers, uh, with the rest of the guys in the league. Obviously, Boise uh, they're going to play they're going to play lights out to try to maintain their their chance as well. And all we got to do is just take care of us. I mean, that's to me. We just need to focus on getting better. Still made enough mistakes to lose the game. We improve this week and, and see if we can just one week at a time be a little bit better football team.
0: Well, Coach, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you again next week. Good luck in Las Cruces. Thanks, guys. Take care. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Another afternoon game, right? There'll be another chance to travel back at a reasonable hour. Enjoy yeah, the not as fun as at home, though. No, at home you got more free time. You're going to have to drive the 45 minutes or an hour to the El Paso airport and then then fly back.
15: Especially after all the close games and all the intensity, it's so nice to have a breather and go home and have a burrito, whatever you're doing
0: and put your feet up. More burrito than taco, huh? That's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DJ and PK brought you in part by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special, or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Your feedback coming up
1: next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Happy birthday, PK. What would DJ do without you?
0: You guys are elites. Of course, it's not PK's birthday today, but it could no, be. But it's not. In a few weeks. Yesterday was Nick Saban's 70th birthday. Today is Gary Player's
15: 86th birthday. And Gary Player's daughter, I think, is a Latter-day Saint. She is. Served a mission? Yeah. I mean, and DJ had told me that because he was proud of it, he,
0: understandably. He knows all the details yeah.
5: on it,
15: yeah, it's okay, man. Uh, hey, that's great.
0: You guys, it's all right. Uh, Happy uh, birthday, Snick Doug. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have permission to talk to me like that. <laughs> Ouch!
15: What, what are you, Michael Malone?
0: <laughs> I am. I
15: am. That's exactly. Michael He's my role Malone. model.
0: I want to be him when I grow up. That's Wait a minute, I'm, I'm Michael older. Malone. I'm older than him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Snig Dog. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy's 48 today. I share a birthday with Jenny McCarthy. Well, parts of her are much younger. Hey-oh! <laughs> Try the veal. <laughs> He's here all week. Was well, that your Jay Leno line? Somebody,
15: uh, uh, she said her, you know what, sir, all hers. And uh, Leno's line was, yes, she just made the last payment. <laughs> 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 Bada bing! <laughs> Old Jenny McCarthy, man. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Two things in her life and away you go. <laughs> winner, winner! <laughs> and she's cashed in big time.
0: Celebrity in America. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, even the Kardashians are thinking, man, that was a racket. <laughs> <laughs> the Kardashians. They have no room to
15: talk. <laughs> At least their father did something oh, man. <laughs> to get them all that cash. <laughs> and my godmother's granddaughter is uh, Chris Kris Jenner is her agent. Okay. So I'm practically in there myself. Well,
0: get a chunk of that cash. All I
15: need is a Calabasas address, and I'm good to go. Okay.
0: <laughs> Calabasas address. <laughs> Not the first thing I think of <laughs> when I think of the Kardashians. And the
15: my godmother's granddaughter, my godmother's son, taught helicopter flying at UVU. Okay, then. Yeah, so bring it man. have just a like, Practically, uh, at this point, Courtney is a Utah resident, even though she went to the U of A, so I don't like her. I'm not sure where Kim and Chloe went. And then don't get me started on Kylie and who's the other one? The two younger ones.
5: I'm at a loss here. And Kendall,
15: Kendall, Kendall. Yeah, No knew I had it. Yeah. Mrs. Hatch watches that show. I don't oh, watch f- it. Religiously, man. I, I watch it and re-watch it to pick up on stuff I missed the first time. No, you don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> lying liars and the I'm, lies they tell on the I, radio.
15: I, I think I've crossed over and seen it and think, What? I know what. Well, we why do people spend that. time so on so
0: melodramatic. Yeah, and, and how much oh. of it is really real anyway? Uh, reality shows About 0.0%. Yeah, there, there's there's so much. Check the writing credits on any reality show. They've all got them. Oh, so they're written? It's a script? Juicing up the plot line. They memorize them? are hey, scripted. Want you, want you oh, say man, this. I feel like such a fool. I right, want you to say this. <laughs> Why don't you get into a beef with this person? <laughs> You're not really going to take that, are you? Here, you want to. You want I'll give you some lines. This will help you.
15: Reality show at the Kinahan's would be my wife upstairs watching television and me downstairs watching
0: sports. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your separate floors. <laughs> yep.
15: Occasionally, if she's interested, she'll watch college football. She'll she'll do that, but those that not can't stick with all those uh, late games on
0: Saturday. Oh, the 8.30 kickoff, pack 12 after darks is just too much, huh? Yeah. Second half of those games is just too late. Yeah. I did think that. that I, the BYU game moves so slowly, of course, with all the touchdowns, the untimed plays, the extra points and all that. Yeah. Like, the second half is kicking off at 10.30. Yeah. Virginia fans are probably glad and Then they can go to bed early. Yeah. Or go on time. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of here. Jake and Ben are coming up next. More football, a weekend full of winning on the way. Stay with us.